Hello, Amigo Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens one on Instagram, and this is fucking talk shit with Eagle, episode six twenty seven. Hopefully, you guys have had a great Friday. I've had a pretty good day myself tonight. I get to introduce to you uh, Worm Dog. How you doing, my friend? You want to tell us how you're doing and where they can find you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well tonight um, on Instagram. My Instagram is Worm Dog. Spelled W O R M D A, two W's and a G. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come hang out tonight. Uh, what are you smoking on this evening? Um, well, I'm smoking on some of these uh, F1s that I made with a uh, male out of Todd McCormick's uh, original haze. And uh, actually, uh, this one I think think is the super silver haze that i crossed it to but i also crossed it to um to the aj sour diesel cut and uh also an s1 that i found in the aj sour diesel when i did a little s1 thing and uh that's a pretty rad plant that i that i'm holding on to that one i think came out the best so far but yeah it's pretty good shit man like uh man i i just uh i got that herbs now dryer the one that uh you're talking about on the show or whatever and uh man I, I just pulled it down like maybe three days ago and man i smoked that shit for the first time yesterday and uh dude i went to work and like somehow like lost my keys at work dude like still haven't found my keys so yeah it seemed like it was pretty fire pretty good shit so anyways dude uh that's what hazes seem to do to me a lot though man like forgetful like walk in the room can't remember what i was like in the room for and that type of thing you know kind of <laughs> kind of forgetful a little bit but yeah no it, it's it's for sure some good shit man get some cool flavor and stuff man that super silver haze has a little bit of a cat pissy like back end to it you know <clears throat> nice 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 so uh i always you know like to hear you know good bad or other you know i you know i have no stakes in the game you know what i mean as far as the herb dryer goes, what'd you think for your first round? Have you used it before? Yeah, no, I've never used it before. Um, well, like for me, like <clears throat> with my situation, uh, I don't have like any HVAC, right? Cause, uh, first of all, I'm in a, like a condo, right. And I'm in a garage in the condo. Right. And yeah, like with my girl, like, uh, won't let me pull no more power down here type of thing so I'm like pretty limited on like how much power I have so like I was trying all different shit I mean I could get it to dry good but just not consistent you know like uh, because it's so dependent on like what time of year it was you know like a lot of my winter runs like man it would be fire but then like the summer shit would just dry too fast like it'd be all right but it just you know and then this thing like I mean granted like I haven't fully like, cause I, I literally just pull it out of there and like, you know how you kind of have to like bring it back, like rehydrate it and shit. Like I, I haven't like fully like dialed it in to per se, but like the flavor is still there. And like to be smoking this shit, like three days off the plant is pretty cool. You know, like uh, I'm a fan. I've been, I've been recommending it to some of my friends that have been having like issues in that department. Like I would say like, if you're having issues drying your weed, like that could be an option that you might want to look into. Cause like, uh, it, de it did help me. Like it helped me for sure. It, it, it definitely helped. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was a good suggestion on your part, man. Thank you for that. 
That's awesome, man. You know, for me, I think it just kind of boils down to like it's a quick preservation matter. You know what I mean? The quicker you can kind of preservation, preserve, preserve it. Excuse me. Uh, the 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 more it'll stay. Your turps will still be there. You ain't gonna lose much quality. Uh, there's not like a fan beating on it, or you know where it's. Uh, I've, I've been happy with it. I still use it after all these years, or these couple of years. Yeah, and I kind of thought it would be like a Cheers. hotter process than it than it is, you know? Like, and like you say, like, I thought there'd be like active wind on it and stuff like there. It's like not, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty cool machine, dude, for sure. We're done. So we might as well get this rolling where we normally right. do. When and how did cannabis come into your life, man? When did it all start? <laughs> all right. It's funny because I knew this question is coming, right? Because I watch your show all the time and stuff, right? And uh, like we were supposed to do this last week. So I was like, man, I, did, I was like trying to think of the answer to this because it's like, man, I guess it hasn't been that long. I'm only like 35, but uh, it was hard for me to think about it, right? So I went to private school. I should preface this like from kindergarten to eighth grade, I was in private school. Right. And, uh, I was always kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say like a bad kid, but like, <clears throat> kind of like, uh, I was always in trouble, you know, always kind of naughty and shit like that type of thing. And, uh, so anyways, I, okay. I went from kindergarten to eighth grade. My parents tried to put me in this private high school. Right. And that didn't last very long, but like, uh, while I was there, like, man, I ran into some kid and he's like, yeah, my dad grows weed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, give me some. And this, this kid like totally burned me, dude. Like, uh, but at the time I didn't know, cause I didn't know what weed was. Right. So like I gave him 20 bucks, right. He came back the next day and he brought me like a weed leaf in a Ziploc bag, man, like a dried, like fan leaf, you know? And, uh, like me always, that's what I saw weed was, you know? And like, that's probably what he thought weed was too, you know? Like, uh, so like he gave me that, I gave him 20 bucks, man. First time got burned, man. I, I don't even think I've ever been burned that bad since, man. But that one like was pretty good. So I went home and I like had a little pipe. I tried to smoke that shit, but nothing, nothing ever really came of that, you know? Then I would say, okay, so fast forward, maybe like a couple more months, right? I end up uh, getting kicked out of that school, uh, well, I ran away from home and just didn't go to school anymore and, and got kicked out of school. They ended up putting me in a public high school for a little while. And uh, uh, I ran into some weed there. And uh, I remember, I don't remember like really like who gave it to me, but I was a, like a skater kid, you know? So uh, I was always like skating, like hanging out with, like that's who I met when I went to that new school because I didn't know nobody, you know? So like I just hung out with the skaters, you know? And like somebody gave me some weed, man. I remember like, it was like a nug or something. And I remember what they called it. They call it orange crush. Right. But I don't think that's like really what it was. I have no idea. I grew up like in a small town in, um, Fallbrook. Right. So like North San Diego County, it's uh, where Bud Kilowatt is from actually, as a matter of fact, but I grew up in town. He lives more like, uh, in the Canyon out in the sticks part of it. But, um, anyway, so, uh, they call it like orange crush. Right. And it did smell strong like oranges, but I think it was like back in the day. I don't know if you remember, like when you're uh, weed would get like real dry, you know, like you put orange peels and shit in there to like, uh, rehydrate it and shit. And I could, uh, I'm pretty sure that that's, uh, that's like what happened with that. But 
it was good and it got me like super lit i remember i was like uh took it home and uh had this little nug and like saved it all night and then in the morning like when i got up got my me and my brother ready for school and like got him on the bus and then i'm like walking to school with my skateboard and i i like walked through these groves and this little uh field and stuff so i pull off there and i had like an apple on my lunch and i like made a little pipe out of the apple man and like ripped that shit and man that that put me on the moon man i had a good day at, that day at school for sure <laughs> but yeah that was like the first time for sure that i got that i got high you know first time i got burned second time i got i got something decent like from one of my friends so that worked out worked out pretty cool very dad very dad so i don't know Obviously, you got to hide that first time. Every, there is the division there. Some people say yay. Some people say no. Obviously, you did. Uh, so how did it? How did it hit you? Did it one? Did it kind of? Did you realize it was one of those things that just kind of felt right? You know yeah. what I mean? Did you? Well, for how, sure. How, okay, so what was your uh, reaction to? I during guess. those that time. I was like always more of like a drinker because like uh, my parents were drinkers, you know, like find out later, like my dad was like, uh, was like kind of like uh undercover stoner, but like he never still this day, like won't talk to me about it, you know, but, uh, but so they're always drinkers, you know, they're always okay. Like for the most part, like with us drinking and shit, like as long as we're like safe about it, you know, didn't like, I don't know. It was much more loose with that, but like, like weed was like drugs to my parents you know like uh and to everyone else at that time you know um but uh so it was like different in a way you know but like for me i always liked drugs you know like uh all, all different kinds of drugs you know uh and so when i started like i said that first experience i kind of got burned with the weed so like i kind of put that off to the side and like just kind of started running through like the other drugs like as i came across them you know like from pills to like everything you know uh so that was like a big part of my life for a long time and i feel like uh with weed like okay i liked it a lot man i liked it a lot but it wasn't for me because like some of those other substances at that point in my life like had like really like taken a hold of me more so like i would say they had taken a hold of me at that point but like i had already tasted like like harder substances you know what i mean and like for me like weed was cool but i was like still in that mindset of chasing like girls and like harder mostly girls and harder stuff you know what i mean but i do remember that like that stuck with me and for like where i come from like in San Diego County, like uh, is kind of like considered like the Humboldt of San Diego County. I would say like uh, everybody, all the weed I grew up smoking was like homegrown weed for the most part, you know, except for like the Mexican brick, like that would, we would have to like go out of our way to find that, you know, like uh, a lot of the stuff we get as kids was even like still wet or like people steal it from their dad and it was still wet, like stuff like that. So like, <clears throat> It was like not bad, but you know, until we kind of figured it out, and so it was always like a part of our our life. Like in uh, even in the times when I wasn't searching it out, like I didn't have to look far for cannabis. Cannabis was like there in in my life from an early age, man. Like 
even when I think I, when I was a kid, I found some clones. Like I want to say I was like maybe eight or nine years old, like running around with my little brother, like riding our bikes. And we found like a bunch of clones somebody had put out like in a little clearing, you know? And like, uh, man, I didn't even know what the fuck, but it like was just like all in the middle of everything. It's weird, man. But I was introduced to it young and like just the growing of it and everything, like the whole process of it, you know? So like, I would say like from a, a really young age, like I kind of started growing weed, I would say like, uh, almost simultaneously was as smoking it, like uh, more so for like, like I said, in our area. So in our area, what we would do, we would kind of like, uh, throw some bag seeds and we would just put them out somewhere, you know, and we'd have little spots and all that. And we would go out kind of like where Bud lives, like, uh, in the Canyon out there and ride our bikes way down there. And we would put these plants out <clears throat> and we'd set up like, as we got like a little bit older and, and like kind of figured things out, like, uh, we would like set up little irrigation, little drip for them and stuff. So we'd like sink those, like, uh, those little five gallon, uh, drinking water jugs, the, uh, the five gallon, like arrowhead sparklets, uh, bottle, cut the, cut the, the, the ass end off of it. Right. And have it be like a funnel and sink that down in the little river. Right. And have it facing upstream. And if you had the hose going and then up, and as long as the hose was like the plant was down downhill of where the water supply was coming from, like, even if you had to dig it down and have just a little bit of a slope there, like you could get a drip going to it. You know what I mean? And so we would like, and we would set up all kinds of crazy little stuff when we were kids, man, like trench out little, little irrigation ditches and all kinds of stuff. And like, sometimes we would get jacked, sometimes we would get them, you know, but I remember it being like, uh, it was really fun. Like when they would come through, you know what I mean? Like, even though like, uh, bugs, you know, they weren't, it wasn't like, man, I wouldn't probably even smoke it nowadays, you know, but man, in those days, like, man, it was devastating to lose, lose them too. Cause that would happen. You know, that was kind of part of the thing too, you know, but, uh, yeah, that was fun, but it was, uh, it was a different, I guess, like a different way of coming up around it. Like, uh, I always knew it was bad. I always knew it was illegal. It was something like that. I was used to like everyone around me doing to either supplement their income. And then a lot of people I knew that's all they did really, you know, um, man, like even my dad, when I was a kid, it, it, I didn't know till uh i was older but he used to always go to his friend's house and he'd always be like oh hey roy come check out my uh my hothouse tomatoes man and always man i asked him he, i he, i call him my uncle but he's like uh we're not like actually related but like uh i asked him later on man hey you used to grow tomatoes he's like nah, fuck no i never grew no tomatoes man that was some weed man I'm like, oh what but yeah no i mean it was always around man it's a it's a trip but yeah it was always kind of like uh underneath the surface i guess in our little town there's a lot of a lot of things in our town that is kind of like that you know uh but yeah anyways right on so it sounds like it just escalated from that first time definitely sounds like it, you had a may have fell in love with it or had a decent good relationship right with it right off the bat okay. yeah yeah, for sure. No, I definitely did. The my path with it was kind of like a roundabout thing though, in an interesting way. Like so like growing it, yeah, like I so yeah, no, I always loved it, man. I always did. Like uh I think that other things like just kind of got in the way of it, but 
in a weird way, it's like come around to like save my life. Like, like the life that I have now is so, so awesome, dude. Like from, from uh, where I came from, you know what I mean? And uh, it doesn't have like directly to do with like, I grew a bunch of weed and made a bunch of money and like dug myself out of a hole, but like, like cannabis, like uh, has shaped my perception of things in such a way now that it's changed you know what i mean and like uh just yeah like i don't know man it's a in a in a right like i never really got along in a or nothing but they tell you like a few things in a when you're trying to get clean and stuff right and like none of that stuff really worked for me but like a lot of that stuff they really like repeat that shit you know and like it gets in your head and uh there's a lot of like court force stuff as we go through my story i'll kind of like go into detail on more of that but uh you know, and uh, so I was stuck in those meetings a lot and they would always uh, say like, OK, if you want to get clean, first thing you got to do is uh, what was it? get a dog first, or no, grow a plant first, then get a dog, then a girlfriend. Right. If you want to have a relationship or something first, you got to be able to grow a plant and have that like where you can take care of something every day. Then you get a dog. Then so you have something depending on you. Then you're like ready for a girlfriend type of thing. And so, like, it was kind of that type of development for me as well. You know what I mean? Once I was able to, like, settle down to the point where I could sit down and, like, really grow a plant, hold on to plants and, like, have a library and uh, and do that type of thing, then I was ready to, like, take on the responsibility, like, a family and a job and, and all that type of stuff. You know, it was, like, a really good, like, first step into like holding down a responsibility made me where I felt like I was ready to do that when the time came, you know? Sorry, okay, buddy. So, no, it's all good. Uh, so uh, man, cheers to you for uh, hopefully did you, how did that you end up coming out of that process of the AA? I mean, did it, uh, did you go in for what did you go in for? Okay, let me. Yeah, okay. So I'll give you a little rundown. So, um, like I said, weed was always a thing. So my very first time I went to jail, I went to jail for uh, shoplifting at Nordstrom. Right, I was still in t-shirts from Nordstrom. When I was eighteen. Right, I just had turned eighteen. And I was just getting ready to have my daughter actually at that time, which I have a daughter from that. That was like another life. But <clears throat> so I did that. I went to prison for that, actually did 16 months with half. Right. Uh, I got out. I got, um, you know, I, I did good for a little while, but I, at 19, I want to say I went in again. And this time it was because I got caught with some weed selling a sack of weed at the skate park. And I got three years with half for selling uh, possession for sales, marijuana, you know? So I did that. <clears throat> then um, fast forward, I want to say I was uh, 25 and now we've stepped up. We're doing like a pretty good size grow. And this was like, um, so, okay. So wait, let me back up a little bit here. So in between all of that, right. So it, when I'm in prison during those times, I learned how to draw and tattoo. That was like my main thing while I was in there, you know, and uh, I did a lot of that. So when I got out, I pursued that a little bit and I tattooed at a tattoo shop up until I was about 25 years old. At that point, like that's when I like there was a fork in the road where I got into it with my boss at the tattoo shop and I had an opportunity with one of my friends 
down in San Diego to do like more of a large scale row. They were doing like an outdoor thing. And this was in, I want to say like 2012, 13, 14, somewhere right there. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> we were doing that. And uh, what ended up happening there was that was kind of like, okay, so that's when I caught my my big kind of case type of thing right which uh so i was doing a grow with a couple of my friends and uh and i was also on methadone maintenance at the time so i was like kind of one foot one in one foot out of that scene <laughs> and uh yeah, anyways yeah skip on that but anyways I, I was one foot in one foot out type of thing and uh so I was do, but I was I was doing good and everything, but that was like the last little remnant of my little addiction that was hanging on there in that in that time period. So, and I was um, <clears throat> I was uh, doing an outdoor grow. So we we doing these like huge plants down in San Diego, uh, outdoor, and the plant count was eight plants. But like at that time, it was like you know just grow them as big as you possibly can on those eight plants, you know. So we did like some huge like twelve footers, you know. And, uh, this was like kind of before the whole, like, uh, kind of before the whole, uh, organic, like wave, you know, like, uh, it was still really popular to like grow inside, like under air cold hoods and like with like, you know, salts and all that. Right. And, uh, so we were doing it like more for like ease of, of everything. And just, yeah, it, it's something that we learned as a kid that the older dudes would always do, you know? So we got like a backhoe, we dug up the backyard, like with this uh, little bobcat that we rented, right? And we like, man, we're like in this semi like residential kind of area at my friend's house. So we got a ticket for illegal grading, you know, and uh, <clears throat> we took in and we brought a whole bunch of amendments in though, like some blood meal, bone meal, uh, feather meal, we got some guanos in there, and like a bunch of topsoil from the dump, a bunch of perlite and just filled that whole thing in, you know. And we grew these like monster plants in there, dude. It was cool, but it was like, you know, not really set up for that. But the funny part about it is that's like not at all where I got in trouble, you know? So I was growing there and I was uh, living at a house in Fallbrook with my wife at the time and uh, her boyfriend and her, si or no, 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 her sister and her sister's boyfriend, excuse me. Uh, so it was like the two of us, two couples in the one house. And he had a grow there that he was doing, but it was like, like a small scale little greenhouse in the backyard thing. But like, this was, uh, you know, I want to say this was now 2015, around 2015 or so. <clears throat> and, uh, so he, uh, he was like that, that dude, uh, he was like really into that BHO, uh, wax, you know? And, and like, not to say that like we hadn't, been doing that too because at that time that stuff was like really big too um a lot of what we were doing was like the live resin stuff like pulling it right off of those like huge ass plants and like and just like open blasting out in the backyard you know but um anyways he he had a little thing that he had set up at the house i lived at but i didn't do anything there that was like his thing separate you know but uh but anyway, so I went to the, I went to the grow store and I had grabbed like some soil and some nutrients. And I actually like, at that time I had dreads, like man, down, like almost my nipples basically. And, uh, so I'm leaving that grow store with a couple bags of potting soil and I might've had some nutrients and I don't even know. I had some like obvious grow stuff, you know, that I had bought 
and I had a quarter pound of weed because we were doing like a patient to patient thing. So I like just roll around with like a quarter pound, but like in my trunk locked up, you know, and that was all legal, you know, but, um, so when I got followed, I got pulled over and, uh, they're like searching my car and they end up like going through my phone and my phone has pictures of the like super large seal grow, like only a few of them, but like, it was like enough. And then they're like looking through my car, trying to find my address. And, you know, they find one piece of mail that had my wife that I lived's address and they, they were already on it. So they, uh, they went over there to the other address thinking they're going to find these pictures, which they found like nothing like that, you know, but they did find when they went, they served the warrant. They put me in like custody, didn't tell them. And they, they like served a warrant. They put, and they found a bunch of, uh, BHO tubes, bunch of cans, bunch of, uh, all that stuff in the garage where this dude had just chopped everything and, uh, and blasted it all. So, uh, that was a common area, even though like, when they did search the house, you know, like whatever, it, it's the first time in my life I've been busted for something that wasn't me, you know, but, um, you know, he had like, I want to say like a pound of like little grammed up, uh, wax papers. And, uh, I had like a gram in my room, but they were locked, but that common area being the garage and that's where all the, the cans and everything was at, it was over with, we were both busted. And since I had the priors that I told you about, uh, I was looking at like, a significantly like longer period of time than he was so and what we got charged with was uh manufacturing controlled substance so like the same thing like if we had like a meth lab at that house you know so <clears throat> he uh signed the deal and since we we're co-defendants when he signed the deal i was kind of like hung out to dry a little bit i kind of had to sign and he got six months with half i got seven years eight months with 80 percent, right so i did five years on that. So I was gone 2015 to, uh, to 2020. So I just, I just kind of got out here, uh, two years ago now, but, but yeah, so that's like, uh, that's my story on that whole, uh, on that whole part of it, you know? So that was, that was kind of like, uh, how that went with that whole BHO thing that I got busted for. So, so I recently just was released uh, in 2020 and I got out early for that whole COVID thing. And I did like five years, but like, I don't know, in a roundabout sort of way, it was probably like, probably the best thing that could have happened to me, you know, because uh, like I kind of needed it, you know, and at the time I was like kind of mad about the way it went down because like it really wasn't fair, like uh, the way it happened, you know, like, uh, even though like I probably had like deserved it, like for stuff I had done, like more so like, <laughs> uh, throughout that whole thing. But yeah, like, uh, it's just, uh, but, but yeah. So anyways, I kind of like, I kind of straightened out a little bit in there and got my head straight a little bit and kind of, kind of figured things out like a little bit more, you know, because, um, I always like struggled with opiates and, and that type of thing in the past, as I'm sure like, you know, a lot of us have done that. And, uh, funny, like, yeah, yeah. But, um, forget where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I got, I got released there in 2020. I'm trying to think about <laughs> kind of lost my, uh, train of thought there on my story, man. 
but anyway, so, okay. So, okay. Let's go from when I got released, man. So, okay. So when I got released, I, uh, I got out and I, uh, basically met my wife. I started working at a machine shop and I got past that, uh, clone of the sour diesel, the AJ's cut of sour diesel. And, uh, so my wife had like a little condo and, uh, she let me move in here because I was like renting a cottage before that and doing I had like a little grow set up there, but it was a little like little tent, little four by four. But then I moved in here and like I started like building my room out. And so I had like a pretty cool size, like a four by eight room, but it's got eight foot ceilings, which is that was like a big thing for me, you know, because like I like to grow hazes and sativas and stuff like that. And uh so yeah, I got that. So I got that AJ's cut and I started working with that, uh, AJ's cut a little bit. <clears throat> so, uh, I selfed it, which that worked out, you know, all right. Um, and, uh, then, uh, I, and I found a cool OG bag seed that I've been working with, but anyways, I pretty much just, like started making seed started like uh hanging out with different people you know what i mean and uh didn't didn't associate with like my old connections which made things like really hard because like uh so like me and my friends like always like since we were kids like uh we were like always uh well we would always like we would always like there'd always be a few seeds right like every time we grew you know and like there would there was like a few plants that were like really standouts you know what i mean and like we would always save seed from those you know and like uh it almost like turned into like where it was like a worked like stash of seeds you know like and uh those all got lost kind of like in that whole little uh fandango with me getting busted with this time and like my friend that i knew like where to go get them back from right like uh i just yeah it wasn't worth it dude so i just let him go you know it wasn't even worth like getting involved again and uh yeah it was probably the best decision i ever made man it's just uh it's serendipitous like everything everything that's happened to me in my life up to this point has been like uh extremely like like serendipitous like to the point where like <clears throat> this last time like when i was in jail for a long time and and kind of like going through it and like uh i lost everything you know like uh besides me losing my genetics and and whatever right like uh i lost my wife i lost my family i lost you know all my possessions everything right and like uh it was like such a thing where like you have no control you know and you have to like accept the fact that like you have no control over anything and like you realize like how little control you really have like in this world like at all you know and like a lot of this stuff that like we sit around and think that like we're in control of like like you're not you know like you think you can do certain things to like protect everything but like you really can't like control things that'll happen like there's things that are like outside of your control happening and so like for me like that was a huge thing for me, man. Like to, to like relinquish, like, and stop trying to control the things around me and just to accept like the universe is bringing all this stuff around 
in such a way that like if you do the right thing it's it's to benefit you you know and like the plant like really fits into that whole thing for me like like it was an essential piece to this whole puzzle but every piece that happened was essential you know and like i'm a big believer in like uh that those things you manifest it you know to yourself like whatever it is that you know you want you can you can make it all happen you know like just by just by like honestly really like uh you just have to visualize it and you just have and, and so for me like being in there like this time you know a lot of times i've always like focused on like tattooing and hustling and trying to like you know whatever do my little thing but this time man like i really sat down and i really thought you know and i really tried to like figure out because like i don't know like for me like that wasn't the life i ever have like pictured for myself you know like i come from a really good family i you know like uh I just needed to do better, you know, but at the same time, like without having gone through that stuff that I went through, like I'd never be the person that I am today, you know, like that, that, that stuff has shaped me like so, so uh, immensely, like in so many ways, you know, and like, for me, that was the turning point, like, man, like you don't control anything in this world, you know, like, uh, like you only control yourself, your actions, like, and basically that's it you know everything else just kind of like you know you put it into play and and you hope that you do what you can do you know but yeah for sure you know uh i appreciate that uh that moment you talked about there that uh moment where you kind of realize that uh everything is kind of out of your control you know what I mean? And once I kind of had that moment myself, that was probably one of the most comforting fucking moments I've ever had. <laughs> you know, yeah. up to that yeah. point, it, it was kind of worrying about, over worrying about trying to control, you know, too much shit. And it just brought angst. You no, know you're totally I mean? right, bro. Like, it's a relief, dude. Yeah, it, it's like a total relief in a way. Like you say, I mean, like for a minute there, it was really stressful. And it was like, you know, it was like a really hard lesson to have to learn that that way and all that. But like, uh, those are the lessons that when you learn those lessons, like you never, you never forget them, you know, like it's a part of your life now, you know, and, and it shaped me, you know, and, uh, and like, really like, you know, I, I learned all my morals and all my, uh, my manners and everything from like, like people like where it's like serious, you know? So it's like, I really, uh, I really got those lessons, you know? And, uh, it's funny, man. Like if you look at my brother and you look at me, you know, and my brother didn't go through any of that, man, like we're just so different, you know, like, uh, and, and it definitely like, uh, I guess it's the fire, you know, like they say you go through the fire, you know, like uh, it makes you, you know, it's it's one of two things going to happen. Right. So like either come out better at the end or it destroys you type of thing, you know. So, man, I've never really asked this question. I never have asked this question, to be honest with you. And I know 
a lot of tattoo guys, a lot of tattoo artists, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, but I've sure never asked this question, I guess. All right. So, um, life's weird, man. Energy, you know, is not fucking, it's transferred. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's never lost. It's transferred. Absolutely. And a Can't lot of times when people go go in for ink, man, it's it's therapy. You know what I mean? I'm fucking a lot of times, man, I've fucking taken in there. I've been a lot of times when I'm in that chair, I'm in a bad spot, man. You know, I'm I'm looking for some type of release, you know, and I fucking I'm watching a hole in the wall. I, you know, it, most people that's had uh, any kind of ink knows what I'm talking about. That ink therapy. That ink therapy. So I can't help but wonder, as an artist on the other side, is uh, do you guys pick up? You know what I mean? Is some of that negativity, some of that angst, some of that, you know, what we're releasing in the chair kind of like rubbed off on the artist? You know what I mean? Does it transfer? Yeah, well, of course, bro. I mean, uh, like, you know, I mean, so obviously, I mean, we're humans, right? So all humans are are that way, right? Like, I mean, uh, animals are real in touch. But for me personally, like, I'm really in touch with like energy and feelings, right? But like, what I would do in that situation, like, okay, if you were to come in and you're having a bad day, like, I'm gonna try to be lighthearted. I'm gonna try to like, bring you up and like, joke around. And a lot of times that's where weed comes into, man, because like, I don't know if I ever sat down and did a tattoo without smoking a blunt or a joint or something first. Like, even if my customer doesn't smoke, man, like, uh, like they're always cool with me stepping out and smoking, you know, and like, uh, I needed that, man. I, I still would need that. Like, you know, I, that, for me, it's medicine, man. Like I, uh, like I said, I mean, I don't know where I would be today without it, but like, yeah, I think, you know, you talk to my wife today, everything. I mean, they all agree, like, man, don't take his weed away, man. Because, like, yeah, dude, I think, like, for people like us, man, we need something, you know. And, like, you're right. Like, the tattoos are like that. And that's how I started getting into that whole thing was through that same thing, man. Like, with me going through all of that stuff, like, that was, like, something that I could focus on, something that I could control, something I could do, like, and I felt like I was progressing you know like for me like in those situations where i was like on and off right like for weed for whatever reason like uh it was always like i didn't want to waste my time man because i i always have felt like time is so precious you know and uh especially me being into what i'm into man like a lot of my friends like man almost all my friends are dead now you know that i knew from doing that stuff dude which i mean i i i have heard your show enough to know you've been like personally touched by that whole thing too man and so like uh like man a lot of my strains like i name them after a lot of my dead friends you know because uh that's that's what i feel like i can do for them you know like a lot of the stuff that i'm playing with like i just call it after my friends you know and just recently like the dude that like it was kind of like a father figure to me, man, like uh, through prison, you know, like I met him my very first time when I was like 18 years old in there. And he kind of like taught me everything while I was in there. And then, you know, ever since then, he's, you know, he's my homeboy from San Diego. So like I always 
I, I'd hang out with him. You know, he, he went uh, back in one time, I think since then, but, but yeah, he recently just overdosed and died or whatever, you know, and like he, he was calling me to, hit, you know, but I couldn't really like go, you know, like I couldn't help him, you know, you can't really help people like that, you know, but it was like, uh, so uh, in the past, right. Like uh, I lost an, another one of my really close friends, man, this dude, Richie, man, we call him ghost. Right. But uh, he was another dude I knew that way. Right. And the last time that that happened, man, like uh, I went to his funeral and I, you know, his daughter, he had a 10 year old daughter and just like, it was so sad, dude, you know, but like uh, they tell me, man, please promise me you'll never use again, man, for Richie. You know, I'm like, yeah, I promise. But I like I relapsed over that whole little thing, you know, like and uh, I don't know what caused me to do that, man. Like, I think I think it was just the fact that like I hadn't really learned like to deal with with bad things happening to me because I've always just gotten high and covered them up like and never really like felt felt them and like dealt with them, you know, so like uh, <clears throat> like it, this time, you know, after I did that, that this prison term and like you know, obviously this time, like, uh, I was trying to do things different big time. So like I was clean and sober the whole five years, you know, I smoked some weed or whatever. And I, you know, my silly made wine. So like sometimes, or, uh, that white lightning stuff, you know, so sometimes I drink like that, that white lightning shit every once in a while with him, but like, really I didn't, you know, uh, and it, it really like helped clear my head, like, uh, and helped me to like really deal with a lot of that stuff, man, that had been like building up like over my life you know, and I've been covering up with like drugs and I really like had to deal with all that shit. So like this time, man, like when, when my, my, my buddy, like my, my freaking crazy, like my father figure, you know, like the dude that really showed me what's up, like in my adult life, like how to live as an adult, you know, cause I, I didn't really like got along with my dad, but, uh, the dude that kind of showed me that, like when he died and, and like, man, I didn't, I didn't relapse, man. It didn't even cross my mind, man. I, I went home to my wife and it was like, man, I realized like the change, you know, and I was like, man, that's fucking, that's cool, man. And a lot of it is I have a responsibility to my wife, my kid, you know, and then like, after all that, you know, like, man, my plants, man, like, I don't want to leave my plants behind, man. I don't want to do something stupid and fuck up my, my shit, you know, because like, I've been putting a lot into this and I really value like, you know, like them too, man. And I realized like, man, like, this is like a super like healthy, therapeutic, like thing the same way that art always was for me like in those places man and that's that's what I used art for was to like take myself out of those places when I was like stuck somewhere like I could go in my head and draw and just use my imagination and boom I would just meditate and kind of get out of there and it was like like for me like very similar to like what I do when I sit here and smoke a joint and I kind of just like in my head just kind of go somewhere else like, uh, it's a similar release that I would get from art that I get from smoking like good weed, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, that, that was a trip too, you know? So. Right on, man. You got some pretty sweet ink from what I can see, man. How much of oh, your shit. ink have you done? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did, I did my whole stomach actually, man. Like when I was in prison, uh, Minus that car, but here, let me see if I can get you like a close up of it. Maybe a better. Uh, it's like an owl. I did it. I did it for my grandpa that passed away, man. So that I was really like close. That's his initials, DHL. And then I like kind of yeah, but that, I started running out of like space where I could reach, you know. So, I, but 
No, that's the only ones. That's the only ones I did on myself. It's just that owl, man, for my grandpa. And it just kind of filled in my torso. But I, I want to go over that with some color anyways, dude. I, I have my back half finished, too. I, I have a lot of stuff. It's weird. Like, uh, it kind of took a, has taken a back seat in recent years, you know. But for, like, I, I feel like that's, like, a big reason I even, like, uh, took the job. when Because I, I wanted to get tattooed like that, you know. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, man, all right, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I'll work, I'll work you know. I'll work for tattoos, you know. But, uh yeah, no, I did that one on myself, but yeah, other than that, it it's not really mostly just my friends and stuff. And honestly, I wish I had waited, man, like to get a lot of the stuff. It, most of the best work I have is on my legs, you know, because I, I was I had full sleeves by the time I was like twenty years old, you know. Uh, my neck is good too. I waited for like the sides of my neck, and I have like a Mary and a, a Jesus. I don't know if you can see it, but but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I might have twisted my neck, but yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no, that's probably the best stuff. The stuff I waited for, man. I should have, should have probably waited, man, until I started working at the shop, you know. But even as a kid, um, I kind of came up in a tattoo shop in a way. My, uh, my best friend when I was a kid, his dad uh, owned the tattoo shop in town, and we would always sit in there and play, uh, play Xbox and stuff. And then when we were like teenagers, they'd like practice piercing on us and stuff. I got like three holes in my septum from like the the lady in there trying to learn how to pierce septums you know and it's still got a hole because she went through the cartilage like the third time but she finally got it straight you know <laughs> but, but yeah no I, I i think that i think that was like another part that kind of shaped that you know because i always looked up to that you know like weed grower dudes and then going at the tattoo shop since i i never got along with my dad i always look up to like his dad like he was cool or something you know so uh, I mean, I, we didn't really like kick it like that, but I always like admire him, you know, and I always look up to those dudes, you know, it's always what I wanted to like, kind of be like them, you know? Man, there's uh, definitely a few things I would have showed have waited a little bit in my tattoo design phase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, you live and learn. And some but guys I don't, just I don't, don't regret none shit. of them though. Yeah, I don't, I don't regret none of them. Even the bad ones, though. I mean, like, I don't regret them, you know? I would, like, you know, some of those bad ones are my friends are dead that did them, you know, like, stuff I just, you know, they're all memories, you know? I, I wouldn't get none of them lasered or covered up, you know? I think that I like them all. <laughs> I do, too. I just and, you know, what's funny is, this is the first one, brother. This is my first one right there, and that's oh, Buster yeah. Bunny. Okay, yeah, right? dude. That's got to be the 90s and, or 80s, huh? That was popular back then. Like the, the so Yosemite, like Yosemite Sam, Bugs Bunny. That would have had to have been like 90, fuck, three? Okay, 93? yeah. Hell yeah, man. Something like oh. that. Hey, you, were, you had to pick between Marvin the Martian and Bugs Bunny? or <laughs> Hey, because that one was Marvin no. the Martian was popular back then too, man. Remember that? Or a oh, tribal yeah, band. the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tribal band. There's uh, a few. Yeah, yeah. But no, nowadays, I, man, I know it? it has so much. It, yeah, it's been retouched up a few okay. times. But nowadays, man, you know, it has that sentimental value. I actually had one sure. artist like tell me, "Well, you know, it, you, you can always move it." And I went, and like, yeah. <laughs> like you could yeah. like cut yeah, it out, right, like uh, graft yeah, no. it somewhere. And then okay, I, uh, I had that horrid look. And I was like, no, no, I'm like, no. She's like, you could go over that one, but you could like 
take that tattoo and put it somewhere else. And I'm like, well, that's not the same. Kind of loses that's the value, like, right? Yeah. There goes yeah, the yeah, sentimental. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, good, bad, other man. They they do have their you know their value. But today I'm like, how am I heck am I gonna work that into like what I got going nowadays? You know what I mean? It's hard to. Good luck, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you say, dude. I mean, you have to get creative with that one, you know. It could be done though. <laughs> For sure, it could be done, man. There's some people doing some amazing things nowadays, man. Like, man, I see on Instagram, I'm like, holy shit, that Photoshop or what? Oh man, I seen one. Oh, I've seen some beautiful, like fucking chest tattoos, man. Like fucking torso right here. Yeah, man. yeah, fucking, yeah. Fucking uh you got yours done, well, right? what yeah yeah shoulder to shoulder yeah. down to about the, the right eagle here. right yeah you got the eagle right the eagle yeah, yeah. nice and uh so fucking uh it's the one i like is it's well i've seen one that's like a galaxy that was like 3d Ooh, and it's I've got so that. much fucking yeah. depth and then uh one that was like a cuber like thing like it was really like, interesting uh, and then yeah, like the geometric, right? Like the like the sacred geometry type of thing. Like those uh well, like a board. keyboard board. Yeah, it was a bunch of squares. Yeah, kinda, yeah, and yeah. It had like a lot a lot of depth. And then today I seen one that was like simple, but man, it was crazy. It was just like it was like a spiral and it went in and it had it looked like it was, you know Optical what I mean? Illusion, like it dropped. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, those are badass, man. I like those a lot, man. Some of those, yeah, where they look like a painting or like a photo. Like, yeah, I never did nothing like that, man. I was like more like a pick them and stick them type of like we tattooed on Marines, man. Cause like Bud's always telling you, we're like right on the backside of Camp Pendleton, you know? So like uh, Oceanside's the front gate, Fallbrook's the back gate, you know? So like uh, a lot of Marines, dude. A lot of like 90, 80, 90% Marines, you know? <laughs> drinking beer getting tattooed you know we did like a ega fridays eagle eagle globe and anchor like 25 dollar fridays and shit you know all that type of thing man i don't know a lot of artists definitely don't like that they like that artistic freedom to be able to get in there just do their thing but uh yeah no that is that's part of what killed it for me for sure like just working with other people you know <laughs> Sometimes the people are hard, you know, to deal with. They want shit a certain way and you got your vision, they got their vision. And like, man, sometimes that shit, you know, you got to do what they want. But like, man, you're like, oh, I wish, you know, because it looks so much better. Like, well, you know what I mean? But what are you going to do? Is there is there a tattoo, you know? You know, I, that's one thing I appreciate too about artists that, uh, man, that's one thing that, uh, you could that's a gypsy career basically for sure for sure yeah it's hard you to support take a that family and make a living yeah yeah unless well, you're good i mean if you're in, good and like you have your your own like private studio and you got your clientele and stuff you know you could definitely do it but these days it's definitely getting more better you know uh, you know what you can do there price is definitely going up but I mean, yeah. what I guess what I'm trying to get at is uh, that's one of one of those careers that you can pick up and go 
especially sure. these days with IG, as long as you're like, you know, building yeah. a page of your work, you can pick up, you know, guest spot in a lot of areas these days. It, a lot more freedom, bro. Yeah. You don't have to carry photos and, you know, all that type of thing. You know, you got it with you. Whole, whole uh, portfolio and everything right there, you know. So, you know, back to cannabis, I guess, even though they do go hand in hand, like kind of said, do. Uh, do. you do have uh, some amazing gardens here at the beginning of your page. So you mentioned earlier on that, you know, California, the outdoors, the beautiful outdoors. Yeah. Uh, do When did, did you kind of make that transition? Was it okay. after... Yeah. So when I got out, man, I, I didn't have the space to be able to do it outdoors, you know, and my partner that I usually worked with, dude, like there is some funny business with him and my wife while I was busted and that whole deal. So I just like kind of cut ties with him completely. So like, uh, I ended up moving everything inside, you know, and like, uh, I've always done things like to a point inside. So like where we live, like, uh, it's kind of like a perpetual flower room, you know, like, uh, we have like excellent like year round and like pretty much like you can just throw something outside it'll just go right to flower you know so we would like always veg like almost like a reverse like light depth type of thing you know and just throw them in the garage extend the light or you know put them under a light or a hoop house or or whatever but um so uh yeah so anyway so i had a little indoor experience from doing that and then uh i had done some little experiments like uh when I was younger to like inside, I kind of played around uh, way back when doing like an aeroponic type thing. I don't know if you remember seeing on YouTube is probably like, uh, I want to say like 2010, but they were like floating those foggers in the totes and like uh, doing like, like a DWC setup, but like with a mist, you know? So I had like fooled around with a little bit of that, and, like some little DWC stuff inside. And then uh, even one time, man, like, uh, I want to say this was like in between those terms, I was living out in Bonzel and like in one of those little slide closets, I grew some bag seeds like under a fluorescent inside, like in some Fox farms. And uh, one of them came out like pretty rad, man. Like I, I'm not really like into purple weed too much, but like uh, this one came out like purple and pink. It was called like purple Raz was like the bag that I got it in, but uh, purple razzleberry or something, dude, it was like, man, I wish I had known, I didn't know enough to like clone it or nothing at, in those days, you know, but then, so, uh, anyways, like when I got out, uh, in 2020 and I, uh, and I moved in, I, I had rented like a little cottage and I had a little four by four and I got like a little, uh, high bay LED from work. Um, uh, my dad hooked me up cause I was at the machine shop, uh, with him and he had switched over all of his fixtures to like these high bay led like 300 watt they're pretty cool you know i still use one to flower under actually but it worked good for like the little four by four it was like six foot tall you know and it was like perfect for that but um i that was just my little thing and then uh so right about the time i started that up as soon as i got off probation which i got off probation like kind of accelerated because of the COVID situation and then, um, so when I moved in here, uh, the condo, that's when I like really like, uh, started seriously like attempting like the indoor thing, you know, and like the first, uh, the first run I did in here. Um, so like I said, I got past that clone of AJ's sour diesel and I wanted to run that one out. 
And so I set up like a DWC, one of those Home Depot totes, the yellow lid. Uh, I want to say it's like uh, the 12 gallon, probably, I think 12 gallon one. Uh, but anyways, it was pretty big and uh, it was just a pain in the ass, like changing the water and all that shit. So like I, I did one run in that and like really rocked it out, dude. But uh, I just was like, man, I'm, I, I tore all that apart. And I'm like, man, I'm going to try to like do like a recirculating thing, you know? And I was like watching like uh, Loki grow on uh, YouTube, man. He got like a super sick ass, like uh, deep water culture, but he does it like table style with like these big, like botanic hair reservoirs, you know, and like builds his own tops. And uh, there's another dude on uh, Instagram, self-made gas that got his system like, like that. And I was watching those dudes and was like pretty stoked on that setup. And I wanted to like set up something like similar to that, where it was all deep water culture, you know, because like I'm thinking like, man, I don't want any bugs. And I, you know, like where I'm at, I kind of like struggle with my garage because like I constantly get like thrips and like fungus gnats and different little shit flies in here from the outside because like I have to vent it. And like, yeah, it's kind of a catch 22. So like, I'm like, man, the, the most I could like, like eliminate like uh, media, you know, I'd be better off. Right. So I'm thinking I'm going to set up this hydro system, but I had like the only way to do it, man, because I only had two breakers down here is I have to pull a panel down here, you know? And so I'm, I'm trying to like talk my girl into like, let me like, you know, but like, I didn't know an electrician personally, you know, the electrician we knew was her friend and like, I don't know, man, it wasn't happening. Like, she's not going to let me bring a panel down here. You know, we own the condo and stuff, but like, you know, it just wasn't going to fly, dude. So I'm like, all right, I had to switch gears, you know? And so I had been, um, I have that uh, four by eight flower room, right? And so, okay, so when I built the room, I just uh, pretty much, okay, so this is during all that COVID stuff. So lumber was like, you know, a million dollars, like, uh, you know, it's super expensive for lumber. So the way I built it, I did like a basically like framed out like a 12 foot long rectangle, four feet wide and like did it in such a way to like conserve lumber, like not really like uh, sizing it the way I should have like for trays and shit, like thinking that through, you know. But anyways, I built it uh, 12 foot long and then split it uh, eight foot and four foot. So I made like a four foot by four foot uh, little box for a veg, you know, and then I have a four by eight flower room that's like just a wall separating it. Boom. Okay. I'm good. And then I ended up trying to split that veg into, into two stories, which I still might try and do that, you know, to hold a little bit more uh, plants in there. But, um, and then there was a little cubby cubby spot where the trash can used to go. So like uh, in that little cubby, I had seen like Loki was running these like uh, little auto pots in there. And I'm like, man, those things are sick, you know? So I threw, I, I bought like the smallest little cheapest Amazon auto pot setup on, uh, on Amazon. Right. And, uh, and threw it in that little cubby space and under that little high bay led and they rocked out, dude. Like, like I didn't have to do nothing to them, dude. Like I threw them on, uh, I changed that little 12 gallon reservoir and, and uh, put like this, uh, this little 30 gallon, uh, Oh shit. This little 30 gallon uh, reservoir on there. Right. And, uh, and man, those things, uh, they were sick, you know? So I'm like, all right, this is badass. So I was like, all right, I'm going to buy some more of these. So the next run, I, uh, I bought like a couple, another set of those, the two, the two side by side. So I had like, uh, they're like four pots in there. Right. 
And I threw those in my flower room and then I threw a tray in there and bought one of those aqua valves and put the, um, and just threw some plants in that tray, kind of the same idea, but it gave me like a lot more flexibility on like how I could space my plants. And I have like, uh, basically a th- uh, two by four tray, uh, now at this point that I could basically just, you know, arrange whatever size pots anywhere I want. So I'm like, okay, this is pretty badass. So I did a run like that. They rocked out pretty good, you know? And, uh, I'm like, man, I want like, uh, oh, okay. So, uh, I ended up, uh, there's trying to think somewhere in that period of time. Um, I had a russet mite, uh, incident, you know what I mean? Uh, so that was like a total nightmare. Uh, I brought in, uh, my buddy had a male that, uh, that he, he was, he had popped those. This is right when Todd dropped those, uh, original haze. And, uh, he had popped a pack of those and he found like, uh, whatever, all the males he had, he's like, Hey man, I know you make seeds. Like, uh, check out these males I got, you know? And he had, I think I want to say he brought me three males to look at dude. And they all looked like healthy, you know, but there was like one that was like clearly like, you know, like the, it was the one I wanted like to do some hate shit with, you know, it had that like perfect little pine cone, like bud structure and just like everything I was looking for. So I'm like, all right, yeah, no, I want that one. So I took that male and I grew it on my porch. Like I have a little porch up here separate. And like when it started like dropping, I just brought it down to the room and shook it in my room, dude. That was it. Shook it in my room, brought it right outside, killed it. That was it, dude. Uh, And it got rusted mites (laughs) from shaking that fucking male in my room, dude. That was the uh, nail in the coffin. So I went through like a whole like... uh, tear my room apart, clean it, gas it with the garden clean, like struggle, 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 built a little quarantine space up on that porch, tried to save like uh, all the cuts I could. I pretty much saved like the important ones, but it was like gnarly, dude. Like, you know, put a pretty good strain like on my relationship, everything, dude. Like it was crazy trying to save those clones, dude. Like, uh, just using sulfur, sulfur, like sulfur, 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 dunking them, taking cuts, dunking the cuts, taking cuts of those cuts. You know, it's like a year later and I still got plants up there, you know, but uh, I got the main ones out of there, you know. And uh, so during that whole time when I had to tear everything apart, my girl was pregnant with uh, with our son. And I'm like, man, that that whole hydro thing I was thinking about setting up like that's probably not going to work out because uh man, I'm going to like not have time to like be down here fucking with pH and all that. I got to do something that's like, you know, these auto pots are cool. I got to do something kind of similar along those lines. And so when I'm getting started again, I'm like, man, I'm going to run a bunch of these, uh, a bunch of these seeds that I made at least, you know, cause I don't want to bring any clones in or anything. So I have this clean room. So I'm like, all right. So I, I'm, I kind of designed a system with those aqua valves like a dual root zone type like system uh that's like totally passive that feeds off two larger reservoirs where i could run like a bunch of seeds you know so i popped like i want to say like you know i don't know however many would fit in those trays man like 120 something like that and uh sexed them you know uh skunk man sam type technique uh just uh I want to say okay yeah i should probably run that down for everybody uh like good way to sex your plants um 
So uh, all you got to do basically have them on. I, I really like it'll work better. I know if you run them on 24 hours of light, because uh, that's how I run my veg anyways, because I get like a lot snappier uh, response uh, when I flip. But uh, so run 24 hours of light, flip the lights to 12, 12 for with hazes. I do it for two, two days. Sam, Sam says with longer flowering plants, you want to do two days with shorter flowering plants. You want to do one day. Um, but I did two days with these and then turn the lights back to 24 hours and two or three weeks later, they're shooting pre-flowers and I weeded out the, all the males and I kept some pollen from a couple of them that I liked, but, uh, then, uh, yeah, just ran all the girls, but, uh, it was cool because the system I set up and I put bubblers in the trays, man, with the, um, with the aqua valve from the auto pot. So it's like completely passive and i and i bubble the water and it turns into like almost like a deep water culture as soon as they get out there and so using ponzyme and that like dude they like pretty much uh just form like this gnarly mat of roots like the whole three by or two by four and three by three tray that i have in there right now are just like like a whole mat of like roots like if i was like doing a flood and drain you know but it's like totally passive except for those air pumps you know so Anyways, yeah, that's that's what I got uh, going on right now, at least. So, which have been some of your favorite strains to? Uh, what what is your favorite strain so far, flat out? Um. Okay. Well, I, I mean, okay. So Consume. for right now, like my favorite strain that I grow and that I that I grow really well and that I like to smoke, I smoke the shit out of aj sour diesel dude like uh i just got the diesel cut and uh and i like that and, and i like that you know but i that i haven't flowered that one yet but i, I like the sour dude i like the aj sour and then i have a a bag seed that i found in some chuck norris og man but it's like reminds me exactly of like the socal master kush from when i was a kid dude the um little you like man just the freaking the taste the smell everything dude so that's like an that's like a close runner-up second is that chuck norris og bag seat that i found but but that aj sour that's like my daily driver dude i i smoke that all the time you know which has been uh the biggest yielder you've uh grown out so far either indoor outdoor you know the whole um, process the whole journey fuck dude well i mean outdoor dude those big those big outdoor plants that we did that year dude were by far like the the biggest yielders that we did like at that time period you could only have like i want to say they were saying like 10 pounds of processed flour at a time and so like we literally like had to chop those plants down like like and move it like before we could chop down the next one and move it you know because they were like over 10 pounders a piece you know like, uh, so those for sure, those, those for sure, like no question about it. Those outdoor plants, man, were the biggest yielders I've ever like grown before in my life. You know, that was like cool to be a part of that, you know, cause I, I learned a lot <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I always appreciate that a lot of you can't, you uh, you Cali guys there because the, the outdoor experience, you know, that you guys have there, you guys have a very rich market, you know what I mean? I don't think the, our the climate weed, dude, is just beautiful too, though. I mean, yeah, 
Like you guys have it way harder in Michigan, I would think. Your your season's so much shorter, you know? Like fuck, dude. The brickweed there seems like it was very like a novelty or has always been a novelty in the in the California area. To where here in Michigan, man, there's definitely been periods where that's just what you fucking got. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're spoiled for sure out here when it comes to that, dude. I, uh, I don't know anything else. <clears throat> so what initially uh, kind of took you down the breeding path? You know what I mean? Not everybody wants, especially when we were all limited on space. When you would come indoors, man, you definitely limited space. Yeah. So what no, makes you sure. want to switch over to, uh, you know, seed production or, you know. Breeding. Yeah, I mean, I just do it for fun, right? And I and I just have, it's something I always kind of did for like, like just because we had to in those, in those times, right? And like, uh, I was always taught when I was young, like the importance of like seeds, you know, like uh, when we did those outdoor plants, man, like uh, we could have got a hold of cuttings, man. Like those were the two fifteen days. Like there was like, man, there was, but, but man, all my homies, like, man, they only grow from seed, man, outdoor, you know what I mean? Like uh, outdoor, man, something about that tap root and like, just like, man. So seeds have always been like an important part of like uh, what we do, man. As far as like, like my area is like, big for outdoor dude like always outdoor in the avocado groves and stuff so like big seed people you know and uh so i always made seed like um originally for myself and then it kind of like got to be where people would always come hit me up for seed you know and like uh just i'm real detail oriented like you know so like uh really really small details you know like and i think a lot of it just comes from being an artist like because like i am that personality like a person where like you know uh an artistic type or like you know i am for sure that type of person so like uh to me like making seed and like breeding plants is like like painting you know like a lot like uh and i know this gets used a lot you hear todd mccormick with his crayons right but like i've always said this dude since i was a kid and it's like so like for me it's like painting more so than anything else because like with paint like you're mixing colors a lot, dude. Like you'll get colors out of a tube. Right. And I would like more like reckon that towards like a, like an inbred line, you know, where like, that's like a color that's like, you go to the store and go get that color again. If you run out of it or whatever, like that's a steady color, you know, but like there's certain, like a lot of times dude, where you'll mix a color and like, man, you can't mix that color again, dude. Like, you know, like it's a, it's very like unique and specific. Right. And so like, there's a lot of times when you're painting, like you'll take and like put a little piece of plastic down over that piece of like that little blob of paint on the palette or whatever to like keep it wet, you know, so that you can come back and paint with that color again, you know? And so it's like a lot of these terpenes and stuff, dude, like to me, it's like, like playing with like paint, you know, like uh, very similar. I see a lot of similarities in it and like just being super detail oriented, like, I love like picking up on like the little like uh, genetic markers. Like when you've been working the line, like I've been in this AJ's like line, you know, which is like just related all that chem shit, you know, and like, like you'll see like, okay, so like a lot of double serrations come out, boom. The double serrations are always like the stinkier ones, you know what I mean? Or like 
in these hazes that I've been fucking with a little bit, like uh, on the on the leaves, you'll see like the red dot, right? Like where that red stem like leads into like the the palm of the leaf, and you'll get like that little red dot, like where the petiole attaches to the actual like fan leaf, you know. And like those ones are usually the winners, you know, like uh, from my experience, you know, in what I'm seeing and what I'm doing, you know. But I I get really into like just looking at those little details and trying to like find like do they correspond to like you know this characteristic or like do the good plants do this or that like all that stuff like me and gene talks about it a lot but like you know like that that type of thing you know uh i don't know and i just always like like man like uh because i used to always lurk the forums or like read stuff online and like man i always loved like inspector man like uh caleb dude like that dude he's so sick dude and like he just always like just running like like uh, a bunch of like seeds dude you know what i mean like always running seeds dude like and i mean i like cuts and all that like because i always been exposed to them and i they're definitely like man indoor like i run a lot of like cuts you know but like man there is something about like for me like seeds is like a lottery ticket you know like and like uh man especially like like situations like that russet might thing like man for me like really bring that home you know because uh i popped like a bunch of s1 like that just pushed me to pop a bunch of seeds dude and uh it just realized like man i wish i had like like hit a bunch of those cuts before like all that happened you know so i'd have like something like with some of that shit you know like uh it's just good to lock it down dude you know what i mean like even if uh you know you're not trying to make a million dollars off of that or anything. Like I would totally suggest like that people like, like play with that shit, man. And just try to like, like lock some of this stuff down, man. Because like right now, like I feel like right now, like everything's coming out, you know, like, like this shit's legal. Like people are, people are bringing shit out, you know, like a lot of this old shit's coming out, you know, like, and uh, like, dude, you know, this shit might not stay around, you know, the way things are going, like it'd be, you know, probably not a bad idea to try to like you know throw some of this stuff in the fridge you know like like maybe throw a little on ice for for you know 15 years from now when nobody has gorilla glue anymore dude and like you know like some shit like that you know totally with you i'm totally with you and i i want to fucking i gotta give you props on a little bit of something there uh basically your description on strain creation and i i hope i hope you don't mind but i am most certainly going to use no use for sure man at some point and i love it because you're right you know creating a strain is much like in just like you said uh mixing that paint you know what i mean for that painting once that it's that one time mix you know what i mean to keep that so you in my opinion that one time mix is keeping mother and father alive you know what i mean to keep that mix stirred in that same color that same strain you know you can do it somebody else can be exit they can recreate it but it ain't it'll be close but it'll be always be yeah. a fucking shade off you know what i mean just yeah they never line up you know what like i mean exactly the same yeah no way 
So that was a beautiful description of creating a strain and kind of, you know, so I appreciate that, man. I most oh, certainly, yeah. you'll probably hear it again. You know, I hope oh, you cool. fucking smile and go, that was <laughs> my <laughs> shit. That's my oh, shitty yeah. tooth right there. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be smart enough to credit you with the description when I say it. But oh, I, man, I'm usually good kind. about that, giving yeah. credit where credit is due. But it's it's a nice description. I, I really I dig that for real. So how many have you put together so far? Uh, you know. Oh, hey, bro. My bad. My phone was dying. I had to uh, plug it in. I missed that that last little, the first part of that last question. I, how I many strains have you put together? Um, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, shit. Okay. So um, I would say like as far, like, so um, I'd like to like hit a lot of my cuts, you know, like, uh, and like, I hit them with different things sometimes, but I try to like, just hit them with like the plainest thing that I could think of at the time or like something that's not going to be real dominant, you know? So like, I have a lot of stuff in the fridge, right? Right now. Like, uh, like just a lot of different shit, like, uh, gelato, uh, jacks, like just a lot of these cuts that you get, right? Like Cushman's I hit that. Uh, but as far as like strains that I have, dude, so I just like participated in this, um, free seed day with Masonic smoker. Um, and that's just kind of like giving seeds away to the people, man, get people growing and stuff. And so like, uh, if I could say I ever made any strains, like I would say like, so with those, that's that whole haze, uh, thing that I was doing. And so, uh, <clears throat> with that one, I would say I made, okay. So I hit like five cuts in the room there and, uh, I, I use that mail and I've been growing those out and, uh, so that was like four strains and, and I didn't really like name them nothing. I just gave the cross out, you know? But uh, so I did like uh, the original haze male is the male I use and I hit AJ Sour Diesel. I hit that uh, S1 that I've been calling uh, JFR Skunk. The JFR is for my uh, buddy. That's his initials or what he would always say his initials are Johnny, Johnny fucking Reno. Right. And uh, that's a uh, like it's a that's a super skunk type plant, dude, like uh, it doesn't really smell like it. But like you look at the old pictures of the super skunk and like. The structure on it is very similar and that popped out of like in it, uh, of the sour, you know, and that being an S one, like out of what I made, like really like bred dominantly into the haze. Like, uh, so like that one, I would say like, is probably like out of all of them I made is probably like my favorite. Um, I hit a couple other cuts, but that one specifically, um, it, it like, so it, it's real single cola dominant, you know, um, but it, put, it, it puts off like a really like thick, like stem, really thick, single dominant cola with like some auxiliary, like uh, little buds, you know, but uh, you ever seen those trees, the Italian cypress? Do you know what that is? Uh, okay. It's kind of like a taper for your ear, kind of just shaped like that, you know, but those big old green trees. Anyways, like that's what the top uh, cola kind of looks like, just super thick. Like, so anyways, if you don't top it, dude, and with the haze in there, I have them all in one gallon pots, dude. They're like eight foot tall, dude. And uh, just have these like gnarly single colas that like, you know, you break them down into just like a bunch of like little pine cone buds, you know, but like, yeah, it's uh, that one. That one seems to be pretty rad, you know, but. So I hit, uh, so as far as what I made, I, uh, I hit the, that S1, the AJ Sour, I hit, um, 
the all gas OG by uh, Humboldt Seed Company. And uh, that one was like, uh, like a washer, dude. That one was really like made a really good bubble, dude. Like, uh, so uh, we did some fresh frozen with that uh, cut that I used for that, um, which we found in some seed packs. But it, uh, so like on, that one's crazy because like uh, on the plant, right? Like uh, when it went into the freezer, that shit like smelled like, like, like a tire fire almost like burnt rubber like kind of you know but like like you know like if you're having like a fire with man it smelled like bad you know you put it in there and it was strong man and so we washed it and the hash like when the hash was dry dude it smelled like rose like rose oil dude like 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 perfume you know like it was like a beautiful like crazy like transformation like scent you know so uh i hit that one with the haze mail like kind of hoping that like Maybe it would, cause it also like washed well, like it had that, uh, that sandy, like trichome, like, like when you would like break it up or whatever, like you'd have hash all over your fingers, you know what I mean? And like a uh, big yielder, like, uh, I, I don't like ever like weigh my stuff. Like I probably should, but like, I, I like work and I don't really like sell weed or nothing, but like, we got a lot of, we got a lot of yield, you know what I mean? Like we did, uh, we did pretty good on like the whole yield thing on that one so that was my thought with that one and um i hit okay and then uh i hit i have a super silver haze cut that's like a uh, super silver haze like cap his cut and uh <clears throat> where i got that from like kind of like a weird source that i'm not even gonna give the dude any uh like type of exposure on this but um it really where it came from before him was that AK Bean Brains, the um super silver haze. Uh, well, he's got the Hawaiian, what is it like the Hawaiian cat piss or or whatever, but uh, that's that's the one that he found on the boat and that whole story, anyways. But yeah, that one, man, and it like it just got a beautiful for a haze, you know what I mean? For a haze, it, it doesn't have like uh, that standard haze smell, like I would picture the way they describe like the a the a5 haze male because i haven't uh grown any of that stuff yet like the cuban black or any of that but uh the way they describe that smell like a churchy incense type of like that's that's what i get out of it you know like uh my nose isn't like super great on a lot of that stuff i'm trying to train it but like uh i'm not great with smells like <laughs> but uh but no that one everybody really likes that one but uh I thought that one would be interesting too, just to see what kind of pops out and what it did tend to like, it really imparted, like uh, I'm running some of those too. And what it really imparted is like the frosty, like super frosty. It's a super frosty, like short squat cut, but like the progeny from the original haze are coming out super tall, but like super frosty, you know, but that classic like haze look on the bud, a little looser structure, but super frosty, you know, and it's it's good smoke dude as far as like the potency like still like not quite there like i feel like the haze brought it up a little bit in the potency but like uh yeah i don't know that's the stuff my mom likes to smoke that's the reason i kind of kept that cut around besides the fact that like it's real perfumey and smells good like doesn't really get me high dude but my mom does like to smoke my mom doesn't smoke very much but like you know it's nice to have a little something for her, like to you know every so often so anyways but yeah that those are the ones that i that i hit so i hit the super silver haze the aj sour diesel the all gas the the jfr skunk and the um and that was oh and the gg4 the gg4 i hit too 
So that'll be, we'll see if that'll bring that structure from the GG4 into the haze, you know, cause that'd be pretty rad if it would do that, but I haven't run those yet to find out. So, but anyways, yeah, we gave out a bunch of them though. Me and Masonic gave out a bunch of them uh, at free seed day. And that was pretty cool just to, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, hopefully get some people growing like some a little bit longer flowering sativas, you know, since they're hybrids, like we brought the flowering time down. So I got the flowering time down to like, you know, I don't know. Some of these are done eight, nine weeks that, that, uh, that JFR skunks done eight or nine weeks with the haze, but some of these are going to be 10, 11, 12 weekers, you know, maybe even some 14, 15, you know, we'll see, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, that's how many I, I made. That's all. That's all I made so far, at least, you know, You know, I hope more and more people get into some of the longer flower stuff, too. Me, myself, you know, I appreciate it, but uh, it's just hard to work into, basically, like, in my, in my, in my grow a perpetual. It's hard to work them into a perpetual, basically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it is. <laughs> You have a schedule. Well, it, well, they don't like to. They don't like to work with your schedule, really. You know, but but a lot of this the other stuff happens like after fourteen weeks. You know, I mean, a lot of that that you know, like that's where it, like that's where I've seen some of it. You know, but but then again, like I'm just a dude. You know, I just work in a machine shop. I just grow and smoke. You know, but I do do a perpetual thing. But I can't keep any type of schedule. You know, like I couldn't tell you how many harvests well, a year or nothing. You know. <laughs> If they're all hazes, the perpetual isn't so bad. You know just, what I mean? They just all, less, you know, there's less. less all runs. works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> less runs, bigger plants, you know? <laughs> you know, I think a lot, a lot of us do love, you know, I love the haze. I love a nice haze. I like to smoke a nice haze because I know it's super heady, almost psychedelic. You know what I mean? And that's what I like my cannabis. I like, uh, you know, I, I like a borderline psychedelic, nice, fun, energetic high that the haze will bring. But, you, I, you know, I like think they got, I think they got lost a little bit in money, flat out money. And I've, I've honestly been one to argue the fact you know what I mean? Nowadays, you've got so many strains that are, you know, eight, seven, eight weeks, nine. That, you know, you're talking the same amount of time. You can have two harvests in the same amount of time that you can have that one haze. And unfortunately, the market's a cruel bitch to where you just can't charge double <laughs> for the phase the haze to make up for the loss and the double flip there you know what i mean multiple weight so i think you're right i think the haze are something that you know it's a beautiful thing but it's still kind of on the connoisseur kind of level yeah. yeah no for sure like it's it's for sure a connoisseur uh smoke you know what i mean and uh and a lot of the flavors are like it's almost like a grown like a grown up weed, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like uh, you're drinking like you know, like some gentleman's Jack or something, you know? Like a grown up, like I'm not a drinker, but you know. But anyways, but uh, yeah. So, 
but I think that like a lot of times, I mean, okay. So what you're saying, I totally agree with you, right? Like, uh, I don't think like, uh, I don't think you're going to see any like commercial facilities popping a bunch of hay seeds, you know, uh, like, uh, in, in, uh, in where in Europe or whatever, I guess, like on the Adam Dunn show, they're talking about always that they, uh, pay by the flower time or whatever, you know, like, uh, but that's like the Dutch, I guess they understand that or whatever, but in America, that's not going to happen, dude. And I think that's like the trade-off of like, okay, you want weed from a dispensary? Well, you don't get to smoke no haze, you know, you want to smoke haze, you got to grow it yourself most, most of the time, you know what I mean? And it's a labor of love. Like you say, dude, it's like not a easy plant to grow. Like, uh, it's totally like, uh, on its own schedule, dude. Like, and it doesn't want to work to your schedule, you know, like, uh, if you miss that trellis, like, and don't slap that trellis up, dude, it's not going to wait for you, dude. It's going to grow right up and start falling over. And like, you're gonna have a mess on your hands, dude. You have to, you have to kind of like, you have to be a step ahead of her, you know, like you can't, you're not going to catch up, you know, you're not catching up when you're growing her. Like you got to be a step ahead of everything. You got to flip them quick. You got to know what you're getting into when you're doing it. You know what I mean? And like, uh, once you get that and get that routine, like the thing is, is like, she does, they, they, they make up for the, the extra flower time in the yield. Like if, if you take them the distance, dude, like, cause you know, they have a couple different stages of flowering, like they'll flower and like do their whole thing. And then boom, they're going to shoot out a bunch of white hairs and do it all over again. And like that second stretch and that second hole, like making flower, like it's going to pay off, like in your yield, you know, like, uh, for sure. Like, uh, you're going to get way more out of that than you would like some eight week, like, uh, indica plant, you know, I mean, per plant or whatever. And like, if you fill your space, like, she's going to fill your space like floor to ceiling, you know, even though she's stretched out. So, I mean, with these LEDs and stuff, it makes it possible, you know, like, uh, back in the day, man, I don't even know, like with air cooled hoods and all that, like, it'd be a nightmare to have to keep like a distance between your lights with these things. Like I could see, like, you know, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if we were still rocking out with the, I know for a fact I wouldn't be doing what I'm if we're still doing the, uh, HPS or even metal highlight or any of those, but, but yeah, with the LEDs and stuff. And like you say, I mean, if you're like just growing for smoke and stuff, man, I mean, it's not, uh, you might as well, you know, it's worth a shot, you know, uh, you might, you might like it. You know? <laughs> I do. So do you think that, um, possibly if like say kevin jodry and the growers association that he's setting up there with the appalachia type mindset do you think that we might see you know with the outdoor you know uh maybe some hazes come back i mean if people were willing to pay for them if the demand was there and people were willing to pay like what they cost you know people you know because you gotta you gotta factor in that like like we're saying you know like they do cost more like to produce you know but if if i think if people are willing to pay a premium price for like what i would consider to be a premium product you know like i know those dudes would grow whatever whatever is selling you know what i mean i i think for sure they would you know and they'd probably grow it really good you know but it would just take the people like you know i think the people would have to first like be introduced to this because like for the commercial market, like the stuff we're talking about, like 
they've only heard stories about this stuff for the most part. You know what I mean? Like uh, they never grown this shit or like, and even the people growing their own, like, man, they're not going to grow a haze, you know? Like, uh, so yeah, dude, like this is like a new thing. I think for a lot of people, like I think out here in California, we're kind of ahead and like, you kind of been in the, in the whole scene. And like a lot of people that are in the scene are like hip, you know, but like, as far as like the general public, like, I don't even think they know what they're missing yet, you know? And, and like bringing out like these eight week hazes and stuff, like it's just not gonna, it's not gonna give a great representation of what this plant really can do. Like as far as like a longer flowering, like plant, you know what I mean? Like, cause like I'm saying, like even these eight, nine, like they're not doing the haze thing. Like you gotta go like past 12 weeks for it to start doing like, and they talk about the psychedelic, you know, haze and this and that, like, those are longer flowering ones, you know, like that's, that's where it, that's where it really stacks, you know, but like, I don't know. I mean, for me, I like that open structure. Like it just packs resin into every crevice, you know, and that, that it open structure, like just really like lends itself really well to like just packing a bunch of resin on. So that's, that's my deal, you know? <laughs> you struck a point there again. Uh, you know, I, I really agree with, and I hate the fact that you're right on it, is the fact that uh, a lot of majority just haven't had, you know, that good, super strong sativa. And I can't help but wonder, I can't, again, have had the, the growers intentionally fucking held it back. Withheld, just huh? because. Yeah, and fuck that. I know Maybe. it's good. I know it's good, but man, I just don't have that time. Yeah, and I'm almost like because as you said it, and I'm like, I was thinking the same fucking thing. You know, yeah, man. I hope it doesn't become white. <laughs> well, yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there'd be some pushback for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> But you, it, it is, you know, definitely some quality, quality cannabis. I enjoy it every time I come across a nice haze, for sure. Yeah. No, it's a treat. It's a treat. I mean, especially if you're not growing it, like, you know, if you come across that, you're like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I mean, I know for sure I am the same way, you know. Um, so... How many, uh, so, so what do you, would you say would be the, the closest full sativa you've had? What has been the most psychedelic sativa you've run so far since we're talking about it being down that kind of realm? Oh man. All right. Uh, let's think, man. I haven't had like, you know, like, man, like Bodhi talks about like, uh, having those real psychedelic like i've had them on edibles pretty hard but you know like i'll tell you dude green crack man i have to say like green crack i had like uh in a, some experiences like smoking the shit out of green crack you know and especially like if you haven't smoked green crack in a while like because you do build up a little tolerance to it but like man like that 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 weed like really sometimes to me like feels like doing like other drugs you know not necessarily like uh, psychedelics but like to me that thing is like an extreme sativa man like uh 
that thing that thing is uh is hardcore uh with the hazes though um i get like like real like like high to the point where i kind of forget i'm high and uh and I'll do like this thing kind of where I like fall asleep and go into like almost a dream state sometimes if it's real good, you know what I mean? Like uh, kind of a sleep uh, between asleep and awake, like almost like when I used to catch a nod, like when I was doing like opiates, you know, and like uh, sometimes I'll have some little like wild far out, like little uh, daydream things, but I'm not like asleep, but like kind of in that in between, like uh, not out like little period, you know, but I still haven't found like that that one that's like like that you know what i mean but uh but the ones that i've noticed that really like hit hard like that like are the ones that end up going really long that are like a total bitch and and it's just like i don't know like for me like i just really feel like weed is like a big like trade-off you know what i mean like like uh if you want the good high you got to deal with like the bitchy ass plant like man my og that like i really love like man she just gets cranky. Like I got to take her out every year and like put her outside on the porch and let her get like sun and then like bring her back in. And you should usually go to flower. So then I'll put her back in the bedroom and she'll like reveg and she'll come back real strong. But like, she's fire dude. And she like, you know, and, and even my sour, I had to go get another cut of the sour because the first cut I got, like when I got it to the russet mites, like, it wasn't the same dude i don't know like if it did it or like got some sort of like i don't know man but all my favorite ones like like the sour is real vigorous when she's good but like yeah she got sick on me pretty easily the last time so i've been like really like going through like a lot of shit to be careful like cloning her and everything like uh to just try to not pass any of those like viruses or whatever but like yeah it seems like the best the best weed dude like the best smoking shit is kind of like a bitch to grow dude like (laughs) sometimes that's like a tip off for me like if one's finicky like i stick with it dude because i know like man a lot of the worst shit i ever like had to grow was like the best shit i ever smoked you know like that's for sure like uh, and and you hear people say that like all the time too like and it's just like just like with the skunk like you know the trade-off is like you know like yeah you want the skunk smell like it throws balls like you want to weed out the herms you lose the skunk like you know what i mean like uh that's or you know or so they say like i don't want to uh, start any uh, controversy with that but i mean i do believe that like yeah it's like a herm thing you know what i mean and like people being militant about herms like i don't know if it's ever going to come back like it was you know but like uh that's what i'm seeing as i'm making seeds that like a lot of stuff is a trade-off and like i think that's the trade-off that people don't really know they're missing because they're not getting to experience the other side of it. But like, uh, you know, if you don't believe me, man, take a plant 14 weeks and let's see, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's, I think everyone should do it one time to say you did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, cause it, it's worth it. Like, I mean, I, I think it is, it's something, it's something, <laughs> something you want to do once I think. For sure. I think some of the strongest, terpene profiles lay there to be honest with you anything that i've had that's been super loud i've had to take 10 plus weeks yeah and then then that shit was just amazingly terpy i think there's something to it like the fact that it just has more time to do its thing you know what i mean like because uh like I don't know, like, I always feel like those last two weeks where everybody pulls it two weeks early, like, 
like to me it feels like that last two weeks is where it does the thing you know what i mean like you don't want to like take it before it does the thing you know what i mean like if it has more time to do that thing like i think it just keeps doing that thing like that that thing that does the last two weeks like you do it i don't know like those plants that are designed for that i mean you don't want to just take some plants like an eight week or like 12 weeks but like you know what i mean like uh the plants that are like equatorials and, and i think so like obviously i'm breeding growing and and gravitating towards stuff that do good in my room you know and like without a, a air conditioner and stuff like i can i mean i have a dehumidifier but like i said like i'm kind of uh short on power so like it's sometimes my like dehumidifier will trip some shit, you know? So like I have to be real selective when I can run that shit and everything. And like, like with my, I I'm like, I have an HOA dude. They won't let me put a vent in the front of my garage to like, uh, you know, so like, it's just, it's a struggle like to keep my environment, like, you know, dialed in like, uh, and I have a pulse that like constantly send me reminders to tell me how like out of whack my environment is. But, uh, it's not far off and I do pretty good. I mean, I move some air, dude. I got, I got all my fans turned off, but I, I got some fans and shit and I, I do move some air, but what I'm getting at is like, uh, I feel like a lot of the equatorials are more well-suited like to do well in my specific environment. You know what I mean? A lot of the thin leaves. Uh, so that may be also another reason that I've kind of gravitated towards that. Cause that is what grows good where I'm, you know, <laughs> in my microclimate, you know? Cheers was uh chat was asking what kind of lights do you use indoors? Uh okay. Um well I got two HLGs that I'm using. I got um I have the 600, the Scorpion 600 watt, and I got a 550 Eco, the um like the old the old old school one, but I got a good deal on that one. But yeah, no, I got the to do that four by eight, I got a the 550 and the 600 scorpion not the diablo but the one before that the red one i would show you guys my room but my lights are off right now i don't want to fuck that enough yeah i don't worry no worries <laughs> no worries they were just asking. no 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 they worries yeah for sure so um So do you have an indica favorite on the opposite end of the scale? Oh, gee, you know, you yeah. Need to oh, gee, for sure. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. yeah. And it's like, so like, uh, yeah, pretty much like the, the stereotypical answer, but I love OG man, but I, I think it's a California thing too. I, I, this is the shit I grew up on, but you know what? Like, uh, well, when I was a kid, yeah, I, I used to like white widow a lot too, man. White widow was really good. Uh, like when I was younger, I, I used to really like super silver haze. That was like one of my favorites dude. for some reason. I got like some super good bag of super silver haze when I was a kid. And then the white widow was always fucking fire. And, uh, and OG man, OG was always, uh, and I don't know what kind of OG, like they were growing in my area, you know, cause like I haven't really even got to smell them all, but it was like a musty basement one. And like now me with this, uh, uh, chuck norris that got that socal master i think that's i think that's the one that i that i was smoking but i i don't know but that og like the basement funky like musty og is like on the indica side like that's that's what i really like 
but um i also like a lot of afghani stuff you know what i mean so like uh, a lot of different hash plants uh it has the word white in it usually i'm all over it you know or hash plant you know anything like that i i like all that you know frosty stuff you know you've kind of mentioned a little bit about making hash uh uh do you prefer bubble do you do the rosin the whole gauntlet from hash okay. to rosin yeah so i love bubble hash dude i i make i make super good like full melt hash um and uh well, I mean, I do, and I have good material, so, but sometimes they don't make full melt. But I, I make a lot of – I make bubble melt. Obviously, I stay away from BHO, like, you know what I mean, for obvious reasons. But uh, I, I do fuck with the, um, with the bubble. And then uh, – so recently, my friend had a press, and he gave me a bunch of material, and he wanted me to uh, make some hash for us to press into rosin. And uh, we tried it, and, it, I mean, I made what – what would normally be good like bubble but i think it's because i was using those cheap bags or something man because like uh but i don't know he might not have let it dry out all the way but i'm learning the rosin man i i never uh i never smoked rosin before that but we pressed that and i smoked that stuff and uh i really like that a lot <laughs> but uh yeah i would never buy it the store it's just so expensive but yeah no uh making it myself i kind of want another i i feel like uh i haven't conquered that yet because uh I don't know that that rosin like I thought it was good, but it was my first time ever smoking rosin, and so I don't have nothing to compare it to. But my homeboy didn't really like it that much, so it must not have been that good. But the the hash that went into it was like you know everybody admitted that was good, you know. So yeah, um, rosin I'm learning, dude. I want to learn more. I'm excited to kind of get into that. But but hash and that type of stuff, that's the type of stuff that I love, dude. Like, like real detail oriented, like artisan type, like, uh, stuff where I can really like try to push it to the next level. Like, uh, you know, I'm into, I'm into that stuff, dude. So yeah, I definitely do the, I I'm going to change my process. So I've been using this freaking, uh, bubble magic machine, man. I'm going to, I'm going to dump that thing and like do the just hand rowing, dude. Like that thing, I try to clean it. Like, and, you know, like as a tattoo guy, like, you know, we had to go through all our bloodborne pathogens and all that. So like, you know, like germs and stuff already, like I'm kind of like, a, you know, once you can't unknow that, that type of stuff, you know what I mean? When you learn that shit, like about, and now learning more about, like, it gave me a good intro to microbes and stuff, but yeah, like, I don't know, there's some funky smells that come out of that thing. And I try to take it apart and clean it and like, I don't know, there's just like, I feel like there's like crevices I can't get to or something, you know, so. I am going to get rid of that thing, but that, that was a cool like thing to give me the idea, but, but yeah, no, I, I'm ready to keep me, taking that to the next level. But yeah, I, I guess in my little uh, friend group, like nobody else ever wants to fuck with the material. Like they, they're like not those types of people and they just give it to me and I make the hash. So I like, I like it, you know, I, I used to do like uh, the dry sip with like, or the dry ice with the, uh, mesh bag i don't know if you ever done that where you shake it over like a mirror and uh i don't know if that's dry sift or what you'd even call that but i, I did that like back when i was a kid you know too that and the paint stir with the drill you know but that hash came out black this stuff that we make now is way better you know but but yeah french i learned from frenchie you know i learned everything on youtube man like uh besides like you know like the old time stuff but like all the like new school like you know 
like uh i was always the one introducing like all my friends to it. like i was uh, always on youtube like from the even now dude i spend like way too much time on youtube you know <laughs> I can't agree with you a little bit about the machine. I wish yeah. uh, maybe that, that more, I thought maybe it'd be something I have to do my damn self. <laughs> you know what I mean? About the proper cleaning of the machine. There's lots of videos out up there on how to make bubble hash, but you're right, man. The fucking cleaning that machine properly. There's no fucking videos out there on how to fucking take that thing apart. You know, and it's not necessarily that bad. It's a little time consuming to necessarily, you know, take the top off, pull that fucking the agitator out. Yeah, and fucking clean. Major part of that is getting rid of that corrugated hose that oh, yeah. hides a lot of that nastiness. You know, if when you I went the to French the 20 video, gallon machine, I hard piped everything. Okay. And kind of where it kind of came out the machine. So it came out, the it comes out the bottom 22 and a half, 22 and a half. So it's not a 90, it's kind of a sloping 45. And you can get in there and can clean that out, that path. That's and then rad. clean out, That's rad. you know, the ball valve and everything else and then put it back. So you can clean that machine. But... I'm not ready to give up the machine. I can appreciate the hand method. You know what I mean? The the gentle beating of the hand method. It does make a nice quality of a hash. But in my opinion, in my experience, you know, there's times where you're in the you've washed, you've done your three-minute cycle at that, you know what I mean? Your agitation. I run it a couple of times, you know, I run it until she quits giving. I get that. And I know once you, you, once you, once you pull a bag and you get that like perforated, it looks like it should almost be in the fucking 160 bag. You know what I mean? You're, you're probably one wash too many at that point. You know what I mean? But there's times where you've washed You've, you've run that 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 in particular run two, three times, and she just broke loops. You know what I mean? She just started to fucking give. She's a, just broke loose and started to give at that point. And I think it, if you're working hand, you know what I mean, working that same material with hand, uh, you may not see that point. Or you may give up <laughs> before reaching it because it's a little bit more work, I guess. That's funny. I never really thought about that, but you're right. Like uh, a lot of times it'll be like the sec, like, cause you know, like you're saying, I'll do the couple gentle ones right at the beginning. And that machine is good for like getting into a rhythm of like, okay, like uh, start your cycle. Okay. Now pull your bags. Okay. Clean your bags. Then you can end your cycle and, and drain the next one. You know I mean? You get a good little flow going there. Uh, but I do, I do know what you're saying. Like they start to dump like the second or third wash, you know, like, uh, and when you kind of start to hit it hard and I don't know if that's like the ice melting to that perfect amount or just that it's been like knocked around to the amount where it just really with the certain ones just starts to knock those heads off or what it is. But like, uh, you are right about that. Like, uh, and I do think you have to put a little bit of elbow to like 
get that like that dump you know like you're saying because it does the machine's working for a minute before it kind of does that like second wave like you're saying you know sometimes that's like even bigger than the initial like you know the initial one so yeah for sure yeah that's kind of the one <laughs> you read about that <laughs> I, yeah i don't know like you're saying i might just buy a new machine they're only like 60 bucks online you know it's kind of a pain in the ass to change that hose but like yeah you got to do that right away you know but yeah for 60 bucks on amazon man buy the knockoff probably just buy a new one every couple times or something might be worth it all right all right uh, all right uh. well yeah i'll tell you what i didn't like I stepped up to the 20 uh, about a year ago, and there's there's pluses and minuses there. I didn't like about the 20 initially, but once I, you know, fucking ripped out them 45s, I pretty much revamped that whole fucking thing, you know. Yeah. Went around the whole, even in it, it has drains, loops, drains in it underneath that you have to totally bypass that had that corrugated shit but once you got all that out of there and simplified it you know what i mean it's a nice machine and it's super easy to clean once you got all the all the bullshit out of it but it did take a little bit of modifications uh to get it to where i wanted to get i ended up wrapping it with fucking uh hot water heater insulation and shit so it's it's nice, man. I can do a nice wash and then do the multiple washes. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of saved a little bit of time by doing the 20 instead of doing multiple runs in the, in the eight gallon or the five gallon machine there. So no, for sure. For sure. That I, I I actually heard another pretty good tip on uh, watching that guy, uh, Turp wizard talking and uh, I'm going to try it. I don't know. Do you normally run like your, uh, what is it the like the cooking hash i want to say it's the 25 and the uh 60 or whatever the the real fine mesh do you run those like the whole time because this dude was saying it would and it makes sense just to run i your, lost uh, you there worm dog oh, right after like fine mesh okay yeah like the I fine mesh bag i still can't hear you oh shit here let me see oh, hold uh, on i bet you it's fucking me hold on don't change out is that is that better my headphone went dead Am I, is that better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, boy, I bet it's me. Try saying something. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My headset went dead. It, might, it could have been mine, too. Um, okay, no, so I was saying, okay, so rather than, like, the whole time pulling that, the fine mesh, like, I, I want to say it's the 25 and the, the real fine ones that you use for cush, cooking and stuff, like rather than uh, run your water through those, like every wash, just leave that till the very end. And like uh, at the very end, just dump that through your 25 and just, and get that out. I thought that was like a pretty good little tip that I want to try out. I don't know if you do that already or, or what, but that seemed like that would save some time, you know, just to get that. And then uh, do you cook with your hash? Cause that's like specifically like what I put in my like uh, coconut oil is like, just I, I'll put like seven grams like in like a batch of that, you know, and like, that'll do me pretty good. You know, that, that little 25 micron or whatever the, the hash, you don't really want to smoke anymore, you know, like the, the low grade stuff, but yeah, I throw that in with the cooking stuff in the crock pot. I don't know if you do that, but that's a pretty good little tip for the edibles, man. I do. Uh, 
use some, some hash for edibles, it's easy to throw just a nice little gram and some oil and let it just kind of fucking dissipate and then use it whatever you want in it. As far as the 25, 25 bag is very strain dependent. I used to fucking use it, you know, in the beginning all the time. I've gotten to the point now where I think I've got a, a good, nice shake basically with that 25 if i use it uh basically i like just give it a nice up real quick and then a, a real pull a nice quick wham on the way down you know what i mean and i i could i can empty a 25 pretty quickly but i, I know i'm losing <laughs> some you know what i mean as far as setting that water aside it's uh no it's an either i'm pulling it or i'm not pulling it That'd be just another, you know what I mean? Yeah, another, another process. Yeah. yeah, another lengthy process. Yeah, I fucking, I if I'm not, I use that shit for my plants, man. At that yeah. point, man. I just, Dude, they, they love that too, man. Like, you let it warm up. Hey, but if you let it, it, like, you notice how, like, after a couple of days, it'll start stinking and stuff. Like, you don't have to worry about that, huh? Like, you could still use it or or you should get rid of it when it starts stinking. Uh, once it starts thinking, I don't like to use it. I try to use it the next day, just after she's warmed up a little bit, room temperature, dump it on them. Yeah. I, I start to wonder once she gets to kick in there. Man, but it you does like get to kick in pretty quickly. Quickly, yeah, dude. But, I mean, fuck, dude. I, I first did that a couple months ago, man, and I tripped out. Like, man, I noticeably, like, my, my plants grew. Like, it was pretty cool, man. <laughs> I'm always doing that now. <laughs> I find that uh, I found because uh, I've been doing it for quite a while, but I kind of learned at one point uh, you got to be careful. I thought it would be a good flush, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? It's all turvy and Turf, shit. It's yeah. just, I'm flushing them anyway. It's just mm. fucking plant water. Mm. Well, fucking them bitches fucking Loaded just looked at me shit. and fucking. Yeah, it just started taking back off and shit. I'm like, oh, I didn't want that. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. It was just supposed to be derpy. So, yeah, like definitely early flower, mid flower. Yeah. Towards the end there, I, I wouldn't suggest it. But that's yeah. early flower, mid flower. Hell yeah, they love it. Yeah, hell yeah, they do. So do you have a, I, I'm one of the people too, man. I love my hash and I love it just as the bubble. It breaks yeah. my heart to actually see it pressed into the rosin. I think, you know, there's just, if you, to me, in my opinion, once you get to that phase, man, you're, you're kind of pulling too much out of it. You know what I mean? You're extracting, you're extracting, you're extracting. Is it a good, good high? Yes. You know what I mean? But is it a good medicine? I don't know, because you're taking so much out of it. You know, I think straight flower pressing, you're getting terps. You know what I mean? You're getting all as much oils and shit as possible out of it. You haven't lost anything through the water or any of the process. and not all busted up. You know what I'm saying? I just wish the flower or the rosin guys would just quit fucking squishing I, I said this the other night. And the more I thought about it, I think I'm fucking right. I think the the hash rosin 
as good as it is, I think that shit was a fucking ploy by the press companies to just give you that shot. You know what I mean? That just don't. (laughs) That make you want the press. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, dude. For sure, like, uh, they wouldn't show you, like, pressing flour with just, like, some little smattering of, like, rosin on the outside edge. You know, like, they're going to show you, like, the hash dump where it's just, like, dumping, like, rosin, you know? Like, for me, I I like... Okay, so I have, like, very little experience with rosin, right? But but what I did uh, get, because I got a couple grams, and, uh, dude, I liked it, right? But, but like... Uh, man, my melt that I make that melts that like I can dab like in a bucket, you know, that like, man, it's different, dude. Like, like for me, like I can like, okay. Like the rosin, like it got me head high, but like, I think there's something in that, like you're saying, like that full spectrum type of thing that like, uh, like I feel like a noticeable body high, you know? And like, that's like a lot of what I'm smoking for too, dude. Like, and I, I do like a lot of Inicas, dude. And like, I do like, that's one of the things I love, like with weed, like when you get like that noticeable, like body fry, you know, like, I think like some of that's like CBN or some of these other, like, you know, but I still get that, like, especially like with melt, dude, like, because it's like intensified, you know, but like, I feel like it's a shame, dude. Like, man, bring that dude, like all that, like full melt hash and have it press it to rosin. Like the rosin was good, but I still felt like sad to like press the melt, dude. The melt was beautiful, dude. Is that apple mac? It smelled just like green apples, dude. And like, I don't, I don't feel like the fucking rosin was quite as terpy. Like it was good, dude. But like that melt, like, I don't know, dude. Yeah. I'm a hash guy too. I like, I like hash. That's what I grew up on, I guess. But yeah. I'm new to rosin, but I'm with you, dude. It's a shame to press melt, dude. If it's going to melt, just dab the melt, you know? Like, that's a public service announcement, I think, you know? A pretty good one, too, I think. Pretty good one. So, uh, where do you see yourself kind of going in, in the future with cannabis? Is it more leaning towards the the breeding side of things do you think maybe someday upscales will you keep it personal where do you see yourself going i i like i like like where it's at kind of right now right like uh like where do i see myself going like okay i just had a son i have my family and stuff so we're gonna need more space like our condo is not gonna be good forever like uh i don't play like where I love to be is outside, dude. I love to be growing outdoors. I got a taste of this indoor thing and like, I probably like won't give it up, you know, like uh, when we get, you know, cause we're talking about buying a house and stuff. We're looking, you know, obviously with no HOA and all that, but uh, you know, like where I see myself in the future with, with weed and all that, like I'm going to stay working my job probably. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't see me like quit my job and like, you know, being some seed breeder or anything, but like, I would like to hold on to like this stuff that I think is like really special, you know, that like I grew up with and like, you know, like for me, like, I, I feel like we stand on the shoulders of like giants and those guys stand on the shoulders of people we don't even know, you know, like, and, and it's like, you know, to think that like, okay, yeah, weed so much better now than it was back then. Like, like the weed nowadays, like comes from the weed back then, you know? So like all those genes, like they're all locked in there. You know what I mean? Like, 
And that's like another thing that like I've found and that the old guys have told me and that like I've experienced now for myself. Like if, if you're looking for like a, like a parent, like one of these old parents, like, and you have like seed stock or, or whatever of some, like a cross, you know, like that shit's in there, you know? And like, if you have the cut and you're trying to get like one of the parents, like, and you self that, that cut dude, like with some SCS, like, and you run those seeds, dude, and run a lot of seeds, dude, like you'll find, you'll find something close to that parent, you know, like they're, they're in there, you know? So like, for me, like my vision for all this is I just want to have a fridge full of the stuff that like was special and is special, you know, still. And like the stuff that like, you know, everybody I know went to jail for and, and everything, like, I think that there's something to that, like, you know, like, man, I don't know. I love the old cuts, man. I love the old cuts. I love the, some of the new cuts too, you know, but I don't love all the new cuts. I don't love all the old cuts either, but I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that I want to preserve, man. And that, that's why I make seed. And that's, that's why I do what I do, uh, as far as holding plants and like, you know, uh, I try to be that guy that's always, you know, holding on to shit. You know, sometimes I do lose shit, but like for the most part, like I'm the one in my little group that like will have that cut. You come back and get it from me or whatever, you know. And uh, so, uh, where do I see myself? I don't know that I see myself getting involved in the industry. Like I've done that before, but I, you know, I also had a bad experience and a few bad experiences, and you know. For me, I don't want to close any doors and I don't want to, you know, uh, paint myself into a corner in any type of way, you know, like uh, I'm going to I'm going to see what experience presents itself, you know, as right now goes, you know, like I, I love what I'm doing, man. I love my family. I love my little room and and I love playing around with these little cuts that I get. And I love that, like, man, everybody's bringing everything out dude, because shit's legal and like this shit's all kind of like getting around and coming out and like. We kind of get to, like, man, fuck, dude, that Jeezel, dude, like, man, I got that cut, man. Like, I've been wanting that cut for fucking my whole life, dude. You know what I mean? And like, boom, now, you know, now you could just go buy this shit. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, like, it's like a dream come true, kind of like I'm like a kid in a candy store, like, with all this, all this shit that's available, like, to play with, you know? And like, for me, like, I had that scare with the rest of my man, like, and it's just a, like, I don't want to like, man, I love this shit that I, that I smoke, you know, like I wouldn't want to have to go to the dispensary and like smoke some like cookies or something like that wouldn't really cut it for me, you know, like, so I don't know, like I see like a lot of value in a lot of this older stuff. And I don't see like a lot of people really like feeling the same way that I do. Like there's a few and there's people that I talk to that like feel the same way, but even like my friends, dude, like, you know like dude they don't care like you know what i mean like and for me like i think it's important dude you know what i mean i think it's important that that there's people doing it you know what i mean like not everybody has to do it but like somebody's somebody's got to do it you know what i mean and like we should have a few people doing it like just to back some shit up you know and like you know you might not have the cut or nothing but like you put some seeds together and you got like the you got it there. You know what I mean? It's in there, you know, like bits and pieces of it all over the place mixed up and, you know, but you can put something together and you can find something close, you know, and, uh, you run enough of them, dude, you'd be surprised. Like I'm constantly surprised. Like, and the more seeds I pop, like at a time, like the more crazy, different, crazy, like, 
uh, shit that I see coming out of there. And it's just like, it's cool to just like pop a bunch of seeds, dude, and just see what's in there. Like, see what's in that line, see what's going like, man, it's a, it's fucking, it's interesting, dude. It, it's, it's one of those things where I think like everyone gets to that like point, like in their evolution of like growing where like, you try to make seeds, you know, and like, uh, either it's something that, you know, you take to, and you like doing it, you like talking about it, you like going deep with it, or like, you don't, you know, and like, for me, I always been into the history, like, uh, before I even cared about making seeds. And like, honestly, I think that's like, uh, you know, a lot of these guys talk about that, like knowing your strain history, knowing like, this stuff's important, right. For like, you know, if you want to know where is that trait coming from when you're, you know, fucking around with this shit or, uh, a lot of that stuff's important, you know? So like, uh, just being into that stuff is probably like another, another part of it, you know, but, uh, yeah, fuck, I lost it, dude. I think, uh, but yeah, no, I think that, uh, uh, a lot of these guys that came before us, man, I, they, they did some shit, man. And like, uh, we're still coasting off of a lot of the work that they did. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think it's important to recognize that and to like, do your part to like preserve the shit that you think is cool, dude. You know, like, uh, everybody likes different shit and that's like the beauty of it, you know? And like, uh, you know, if you like something special, dude, like you can't count on like other people are going to like that shit too. Like you better put it away, dude, because, uh, you know, like you're saying this federal shit's coming, like they're talking, you know, like hazes, they're not uh, commercially viable. Boom. Ax them, dude. You know what I mean? You want to let that shit go? Fuck no, man. Sam's been holding on to that fucking seed stock for fucking our whole life. You know what I mean? Like, and before him, sacred seeds and whoever those secretive ass dudes, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of cool history, man. And a lot of people went through a lot of shit, like just to let this shit go to, go to, you know, you can't let it just happen like that. Like, there's going to be people holding, holding shit down, man. I know there's people out there like in the smallest little corners and they're like working shit, you know what I mean? But yeah, I just, for me, I'm trying to take advantage of like the fact that man, everybody's bringing shit out and like, man, I'm going to load my fridge up, man. I'm getting cuts. I'm making seed and I'm going to just be like packing my fridge full of shit, man. So when the zombie apocalypse comes, man, hit me up, man. <laughs> Ah, uh, Floor Nugs in chat was asking, have you ever run the Wilson? Oh, man, I run some Wilson crosses, man. It's funny because uh, I just, just, just got past some Wilson F4 seeds, man. And uh, I, like, never fucked with no chop shit before, man. But Mason's my boy, man. So I, I'm going I'm to pop those Wilson F4s this year, man. So uh, check back with me, and uh, I'll let you know what I think in, the, in a couple months, man. I'm going to get those wet. Now that you said something, I'll get them wet, man. I'll get them wet tonight, man. Fuck it. We get, we get those wet, too, man. I've been popping a bunch of seeds, man. we pop some more, man. Fuck it. I definitely love popping seeds myself, man. So is, do you prefer the hunt, or do you would? Let me ask you this. All right. In a perfect world, because I think hopefully we're coming towards. Are we almost this. there? Uh, breeder cut. Breeder cut, or you know, would you prefer to hunt it yourself? Seed or breeder cut? Well, certified, I mean, certified. Okay. I, that's okay. the one thing I think they're going to be coming to 
at a point where they're certified. There would be a, like to, a to me like, like that, a little a lot birth of certificate with a little stamp. This COA, real. COA type of thing, certificate of authenticity. Uh, but I, I mean, okay, so a lot of that would depend on whose selection, like the breeders cut, right? Because like uh, that word gets thrown around a lot these days, man. And like uh, just some old Joe Schmo's breeder cut, I'm gonna go for the seeds. You know, what I mean, I open pollinate and look through some shit. But a lot of this stuff is all situational, right? Like, I mean, any of these questions, right? That's like the cop-out answer. Oh, man, I mean, it's based on the situation, right? But, like, uh, it is, right? I mean, if, uh, if there's something specific, like, uh, I want a plant that tastes like cherry lime, you know what I mean? Do I want that breeder's cut or I want the seeds, man? I'm going to go for the breeder's cut because I know he's already hunted the cherry lime. Why am I going to reinvent the wheel type of shit? Like if I'm looking for that specific turf profile, man, and there's a breeder's cut that's clean, that's got that turf profile and it's going to do what I need it to do. Why the fuck am I wasting my time on some seeds? But like, if I have like, you know, like, man, like, I don't know, like whatever, like roadkill skunk, the cut, or like some seed stock, a small old Afghani that you, you guarantee that the road kills in there, but you get the seed stock, man, I'm going to go for the seed stock. Cause I mean, I know that I'm going to, or I'm pretty sure whatever, I'll take that chance. If there's a good chance, I'm going to find it in the seed stock. You're going to find so- the journey is, is like you say, I mean, it's something that you have to kind of like do it for yourself and you got to find some stuff that you're really excited about. And like you know like if you went to the casino and you lost every time you went man you wouldn't never want to go back you know what i mean but you go and you win one time man and it's over with like you're a gambling addict type of shit because you're like riding off that high and like man i always relate sees the lottery ticket to the to gambling like because that's what it is man you're rolling the dice on some shit man and like okay if you got a 10 pack like uh and you're serious about some shit, open pollinate that shit, man, and get yourself 200, 2,000, a million seeds of that shit and, and run those, dude. And like, if you're really serious, I mean, if you're just playing around and man, maybe I'll find it, maybe I won't. But I mean, that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Is like, you could buy a 10 pack and you can find what you're looking for. I mean, it's going to take you being committed and running this shit a couple of times, running it once, open pollinating it. And, and then, you know, running a bunch of seeds and, and spending the time and the money and shit. But like, I can't say enough about seeds, dude. Like I just, uh, all, all these cuts came from the seed, you know, like, uh, the next, the next elite cut is going to come from the next seed that gets popped, you know? And, uh, I mean, for me, dude, <laughs> yeah, I want to pop the seeds. I think, dude, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I've had bad experiences with cuts and like not with seeds, you know, like uh, if I had to pick, you're sending me to a desert island, send me with the seed stock, dude. Don't send me with the cut, you know, for sure. I can definitely appreciate that answer 100%. Uh, I think too much has been that the only thing I really like about the what I kind of said there in the latter about the, the certified clones is I'm kind of hoping that that will clean up some of the 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 bullshit floating around. I, how many times has and that's another thing too, I guess I, I there's people that you know, so many people that pop other strength well. 
that strain that's been reworked in somebody's garden and then they put out a clone of it, you know, somebody soured E so that they be X or whatever. I think it's kind of swayed back and forth to where, you know, it's still a little gray. So it'd be nice to see, you know, this is exactly what this is and it kind of clean up some of the base. <laughs> well, like, okay, so like, yeah, you're right, right? That would be nice for people like you and me. That would be beautiful, right? Like for people like Rez and like people like, you know, like some of these dudes, like that would not be a good thing. Like, I feel like there might be some of these dudes that like don't want that. Cause like at me, like for me, like, I feel like it's like kind of ridiculous that we don't have that. Honestly, like the amount of testing that goes into like every nug, right? Like, and you can easily just send away like a DNA test, like, uh, you know, for yourself, like a human genome test or whatever, like uh, send it in the mail. Like, it, I can't imagine it would be that much harder to like map uh, the g- gene sequences of these. Like, and you, like you're saying, like you map the gene of like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it's mean genes cut. OK, he's going to want the one that brings the cut. OK, it's the certified one. Boom like the phylos thing, but like having, like you're saying, like the people whose they are like, uh, giving them to them. So, you know, so you have that baseline, right. And, and cause that's what phylos is missing was that baseline of like, okay, this is the OG Kush genome. And then, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think like, uh, it's almost ridiculous. We don't do that. Like, it almost seems like maybe there's someone that doesn't want that to happen. You know, <laughs> maybe these dudes running all these fake cuts, like <laughs> are lobbying. <laughs> So do you, uh, do you mess with the edibles at all? Yeah, I love edibles. No, for sure. I think that goes back to like the opiate thing too. Cause like, honestly, like that's like the closest thing I get. And like, I don't do them a lot. Cause like they kind of lose their effect. Uh, well, I do do them like as often as I can, but uh, like you said, it's kind of a process cause I'll make like bubble and like put that in. But yeah, I love edibles, dude. Um, <clears throat> I, I, a lot of times I'll do like uh, that uh, coconut oil and I'll just leave it in the fridge. And my, uh, my stepdaughter got this uh, recipe for like a mug, mug cake, right? But it's like a mud cake, like that you make in a like coffee mug, you know? And like, it's on the fridge, it's like a spoon of flour, a couple of spoons of sugar, this and that, uh, an egg, and you throw it in the microwave, right? But it like calls for butter. And I just throw oil in there instead of butter, throw that, throw that thing in the microwave. And uh, dude, yeah, those things, those little mug cakes, man, those things are rock my world, man. But yeah, that that's like that's how I do it, man. That's my favorite little recipe that I found. I used to do the brownies and shit, but like you make a whole tray, and then like the ones in the fridge are like cold and like not as like you know what I mean. Like the fresh one's always good, but like I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, that little mug cake thing, man. Uh, that might even be on the internet. But yeah, doing something like that in the microwave, that thing works out pretty good, man. A little mug full of like just chocolatey goodness, man. But yeah, no, I fuck with edibles tough, dude. That I really I like edibles a lot, dude. I really like edibles. I do too, man. I was trying to not necessarily sell them, but sell the idea uh, of edibles to a friend of mine the other night, man. You know, I, in fact, I was kind of arguing the opposite of what you're saying there. I like that because I'm trying to get him to use it for more of a, um, more of a medicine, basically. You know, in the so this is what I have found with the edibles. Not necessarily they kind of lose, yeah, I guess they whatever lose that buzz, 
But for me, edibles work like this, you know, because I don't necessarily do them all the time, but I wish I would. If I could find, you know, they weren't always the ones I like, so damn sugar-based, because I'd usually fuck myself up by just gobbling a handful of sugar down. You know what I mean? But uh, first day, <laughs> nice buzz. Nice buzz. And people don't necessarily realize that uh, edibles, you can, the edibles can come with an edible hangover. <laughs> so edibles for me that's that first day of getting fucking tore up day two an edible hangover but you go back in which that day is usually just kind of kick back fucking doing something sitting down watching tv hanging out in front of the computer whatever day three that shit's just like fucking uh a lubricant at that point man joints are loose man you're fucking ready to fucking tackle whatever you gotta tackle at that point but but you're right the the high the buzz isn't there at that point more it's just like i'm saying it's more of a body lubricant at that point you're muted brother my bad yeah, no, uh, they do for sure still work, dude. But they, uh, they're they like, yeah, you're right. They don't work as well, like, if you do it every day. But, yeah, no. And, and like, it is cool, like, the way that uh, they dose them now. And, like, that kind of, like, with the hash makes it, like, much easier to dose. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, if I put, like, seven grams of, like, bubble in there, you know what I mean? Granted, like, it's not 100% THC. But, like, you can kind of, like, find your happy, like, your happy place, like where you want to be and type of thing. Like, you know, by taking like seven grams, you split it into seven pieces, like, okay, then, you know, or, or whatever you want to do, you know, but yeah, like, uh, something like that. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And that's like been a pretty, like, uh, that's always when I talk to people about like, okay, they don't want to eat edibles, right? Like, uh, most of them have had a bad experience in the past where they ate inedible and like, they had to like, you know, go to an interview in like four hours. And like you said, like they're like floored for like 12, you know, or like some, you know, something like that where it just, it totally fucked their day up. Like, uh, I actually had an experience like that one time when I was doing a tattoo at this, uh, I was like, uh, kind of, I was at a girlfriend's house that I was, we had just broke up. Right. But I was still living at the house while I was moving out and I was tattooing this chick at the house. And, uh, I was on probation. Right. So I wasn't like smoking at the time, but like we're doing this tattoo uh, and I'm like drilling on this chick's leg. I was doing a rose. I remember I was doing a rose on this chick's like the back of her calf. And uh, and we were like maybe like an hour into it. And I'm like, she's kind of squirming. I'm like, man, let's take a break. So I'm taking a break. I'm like, man, I'm gonna make some food. But like I kind of don't live at this house anymore. Like kind of my stuff's still there. But like I kind of moved out halfway already. So like, uh, I'm just going through her fridge and I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat, like make a sandwich, you know? And then, uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I grabbed, there was like a tray of brownies. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, grab a couple of brownies and, uh, some milk. And, uh, I'm like, I call her, I'm like, Hey, I'm at the house doing a tattoo. She's all pissed. Cause she didn't want me there or whatever. I'm like, man, whatever. I'm going to finish this thing. So I, I'm like eating these brownies as I'm talking to her and she's like, man, you better not eat those fucking brownies in the, in the fridge. You know, I'm like, why? 
she's like oh man and so anyways yeah i didn't i wasn't smoking i didn't know and i ate these brownies that she got from my homeboy that like makes really good edibles man and uh yeah dude i told this chick hey man we better hurry up and do this tattoo man because i'm about to fucking uh check out for a couple hours and yeah that was i mean it was rad in the way that like i got super high but it was not rad in the fact i had a test that month but i think i pulled it off but i was worried about it you know i was sweating it for a little bit but i yeah i didn't mean to that was the only time that's ever happened it was like a movie or something man like <laughs> accidentally ate some brownie and i didn't taste it or nothing man till till she said something i'm eating the last bite and i could kind of taste it like the aftertaste and i'm like oh shit and i just finished it then you know it's too late but <laughs> that's funny and i what i what i kind of <laughs> i've learned to live about that is man listen to your tattoo guy <laughs> he says it's time to be done yeah. it's time oh, yeah. to be done <laughs> that's for sure dude if he doesn't want to be there you don't want him to be there you know what i mean we'll pick it up next time you know for sure so you you mentioned it early on the dreads <laughs> and i you know for some reason and again it's probably asking i a little you know uh I couldn't picture it. I, you know, just the, yeah. the tattoos. Everybody says that. And the dreads don't seem to, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. They kind of uh, the day. So <laughs> what made you lose what made you lose the dreads there? I actually had okay. to go back on your page and check them out. Man. Yeah, yeah, okay. you had, it's pretty sweet yeah. dreads. That's, They're pretty good. Uh, that's a yeah. change. Oh, that's a fucking sure. change of life right there. Not just yeah. a change. That's a change of life. Like a whole lifestyle change, huh? No, it really was, dude. And like, I mean, I get profiled nowadays, but like uh, having all the tattoos and the dreadlocks, I used to get profiled really hard, which like uh, I'm like 98% positive. That's why I got followed from that grocery store. And the whole little thing was because of the way I looked, right? Because like I totally stuck out, stuck out, right? But uh, anyways... I had like those dreads were long. I didn't grow them like as dreads that long. I grew my hair like pretty long. And then uh, I like my chick at the time was like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I can. I know how to, to dr do dreads like I did uh, my sister's a long time ago. And I was like, oh, for real, like I always wanted dreads. Well, uh, so I was like, man, let's do it. So like she sectioned my hair. It took like three days because my hair was like pretty long for her to like do it. We did like uh however many hours every day, but like, it was cool. You know, I just sat there and watched TV and we just like dreaded my hair, but, um, I would have kept them forever, man. But like, uh, like, especially for like white, like white people's hair, right? Like our hair, like grows straight. Like, so you have to like, as it grows, you have to like, she would use like uh crochet needles and stuff to like, um, to like knot it up again, like, uh, close to the scalp, you know, like as it would grow out, you know, uh, <clears throat> And it, they would stay looking nice. Like they, she would do it like once a month. You know what I mean? They grow like a couple inches and she would just do that couple inches real quick. Well, um, when I went to prison, I, I still have my dreads, you know? And like, uh, that was like, like in California prison system, dude, like that's like, so like, uh, like cliche, you know what I mean? So like, you know, I was having like issues with it. Right. But like, I still kept them, you know, like, uh, I having to fight over them and shit, like every once in a while, you know, but like, yeah, like I said, I've been in and out a couple times, so like I kind of know everybody, and like that's all it was. Like once or twice, somebody like you know had something to say about him, and we, we had to go do whatever. And then like uh, 
and that was it. Nobody fucked with me anymore. Like, uh, it was just understood that I was like the white dude with dreadlocks, you know what I mean? And, and that was it. But, uh, <clears throat> I didn't think that. So like when I originally got busted, like that, my co-defendant signed for a six month with half deal, you know? So I'm like, Oh man, this might not be so bad. You know, like, uh, it's just weed, you know, like we'll probably be all right, you know? And then they came at me with like some crazy shit, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, Oh, well you're a one striker and blah, blah, blah. And, so anyways, uh, I'm still thinking like, man, I got action, you know, and, and, uh, so I don't want to cut them off. You know, I wanted to keep them dude. Cause it, it was like, it was a commitment like at this point, you know, like for sure. And they were, they were pretty badass dread, like for dreads. Like I had the real thick ones, like the Bob Marley ones. And, uh, yeah, dude, they, I kept them for like the first like year and a half, dude, I had them and they were like, probably like this long, like on the end dude like just straight hair and then dreadlock like hanging off of like this straight hair you know and like i try to talk to all the black dudes in there like to try and ask them like how do i like uh man how how do i like get they tried everything to hook me up but like my hair is not like their hair you know what i mean like it, it wouldn't like do things that their hair did you know and like in california like you're not even supposed to like talk to the blacks or nothing like in our prison system so like i have to like like do it all low key to have them even like touch my hair to like try to help me you know so like i don't know dude like after like a year and a half and then like i got this celly that was like just like a fucking like just some real high power like asshole dude and like he was just like on my ass about these fucking dreads dude and they looked like shit and they like had this long straight hair and like I'm like, dude, I still have like at that time, I like because I was doing seven years, eight months. I'm like, man, I still have like years, dude. These got to go, dude. I'm just going to cut them off. So that was like the end of the dreads, dude. But like it was a cool run while it lasted and uh, and it was cool. I don't know if like it was so hardcore to like you have to go through like such a gnarly like Beatles stage to like the 70s surfer thing to like get your hair long. I don't know if I could do it again, but uh, maybe. But yeah, no, I don't know. It was cool. It was something I always wanted to do. So I'll check that one off my bucket list, you know, but yeah, they were pretty rad, man. I, I like those. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I could have kept them. Not a question I get to ask that often, but, uh, so I asked, you know, what, what was the first time? What, you know, when was the first time? So after obviously a long stench, there uh what was the one that this brought you back was there what was the strain that kind of when you got out or when you tried cannabis again for i guess it's safe to say for the second time you go yeah i've I've, I've never been without to be honest with you man once that shit started here i am fucking way later i've never quit I've never quit, man. You know, I've never really had to go more than a few days, week tops. I can't imagine going seven years. So it's safe to say seven years, man. That's a fucking that's starting over. What what drew you back in? What what was the first train? You know, how was it the second time around? Oh, dude, it was Brad, dude. Um, I I like, yeah, like, okay, so uh I never quit smoking like by choice, you know what I mean? But I went through like a lot of periods like of probation and like, dude, like, man, probation, like they're like not playing around, dude. Like I was like having issues. So I like, there was times I had to quit for that. And then, and then for the, the, the prison sentence, like 
that was pretty pretty uh so like while you're in there you could buy weed you know like uh the, the, everything's available but it's not like weed like it, they had decent weed this time which it was kind of surprising but like uh like the shit on your tray like after you're done rolling a joint like that's what they'll sell you for like ten dollars like that's a stick you know what i mean and then like maybe like half of a regular like pencil size joint you know what i mean that's like a 50 dollar ball of weed you know what i mean so like you get to smoke every once in a while and like i mean like uh i you know it's like it, like not really like smoking but like you know with me tattooing and stuff like sometimes people will pay me with that or whatever so i like through my term like you know that was always my thing but a lot of the time they'll bring in wax, you know what I mean? So you take the wax and like you'll spread the wax on like a rolling paper and like put tea in there and just smoke that, you know, because the wax is easier. To... So we were smoking a gang of wax in there, you know, which kind of threw it. But like I said, we weren't smoking enough of it to like have any type of a tolerance. So like uh, when I got out and I and obviously I had to go through the whole probation thing and like I didn't play around because I didn't want to risk nothing while I was on probation. So as soon as I, like the day I got off, man, we went and my girl got us like a, a joint at the dispensary, dude. And I forget it was something like one of those infused ones, like with the rosin in there or something. Cause uh, she's like, yeah, I want something that's going to get my, my, uh, my old man fucked up because like, you know, he just got out. And so they, they like, uh, they gave her some joint, like some super joint thing, but it was just like, whatever, like a regular joint with rosin in it. But dude, yeah, I don't even think we smoked the whole thing. And like you say, like, uh, it's cool because I've, I've had a couple of these experiences like through doing the prison terms. And when I get out, like usually like when it was parole before we could smoke weed. So my brother would always be waiting as soon as I got out, like to just get me so stoned, dude, because he always thinks it's hilarious. dude. like the first time I got out, he, he got me like, uh, he, man, he brought like two or uh, a blunt over and he's like, try, we we smoked the first one. And like, man, I hit that. We smoked with this girl. and I hit it like one time, man. And I'm like, I held it in the first time and then boom, like I started getting so stoned. Like the second time I barely like held it in the third time, just like blowing it straight out. Like, and then he's like, here, let's roll another one, man. I could like, I was very basically like crawled to my bed. We were at the neighbor's house, you know, and, uh, I was living at my parents' house when I was young. And so then this time when I got out with my girls, kind of like similar, dude, like, man, like as soon as I hit it, like, man, I was like, man, I got to lay down, man. We watched a movie and shit, you know, but like, it was like, like high school again, man. Like it was for me, like, man, that thing got me ripped, dude. Like, uh, just those first couple of hits, like, it's amazing. Like, like how, like now you could just sit there and just smoke, smoke, like how quick that, that tolerance builds back up again, you know, but like, uh, for a minute there. Yeah. Like kind of makes me want to take a tolerance break right now. Just talking about it, dude it puts put you on the moon for sure it's definitely if you can do it like it's a hard thing but you could do it probably worth it yeah so i actually almost had to bite my cheek on on in in that round of <laughs> of story there and i'll tell you why hopefully i don't offend anybody when i say this but i fucking it's too funny that the description you gave of like 
the joints you get in there for 10 bucks just happened to be about the quality that you'll get from a fucking Michigan dispo for to the same amount of money you got in there. You sound like you were getting dispo joints for the same price as fucking a Michigan dispensary. I just fucking, I just thought that that was fucking super funny. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, maybe they're the ones bringing it in. Yeah, who knows? That, that might be the case, dude. Yeah, that uh, that whole scene in there, man, was a was a total trip, man. And and like, man, you hear Duke Diamond talking about the spice and all that. Like, that was like a huge thing in there too, dude. Like, they like the wax. Like, you want to buy like which is like BHO. Like, they're selling BHO in there, but like the BHO that they're selling, like, which just like, man, <laughs> these these dudes doing these dabs now. Like, you see on Instagram and shit. Like, people in there probably shit their pants, you know. But uh. That should be like, you know, a gram or some shit. They probably, yeah, probably be like 200 bucks or some shit in prison. But uh, what's it called? Like, uh, man, the, the BHO like was kind of more expensive, dude. And the, 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 the spice was like super cheap, dude. And like you would just see these dudes like crackheads and just like literally like falling out, doing weird stuff. Like all that stuff Duke talks about, like about people like biting the toilet, the metal toilet, breaking all their teeth out and like. You would just see all that, dude. You'd see all that people having like seizure type stuff, like uh, that. It was scary, dude. Like, like I would never ever like just see. It was like a cool, a good experience in a way, just to be able to watch those people like do that to themselves. Like it was sad to see, but like you know, I was out of my control. But uh, it was a good lesson for me, dude. Like never ever touch any of that synthetic stuff, you know. And that that just drives it home even more. Like I was already on that path, you know. But I'm like, man, no way, dude. Now, nowadays, like the only thing I do is, is mushrooms and weed, you know, just natural, like natural stuff, you know, like, uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's the only other thing I like mushrooms too, man. That's, I want to try to get into girl on those maybe, dude. That's what I'm thinking about maybe trying to do a couple of toes or something. It's funny. I think that, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. And I think that, you know, uh, Cannabis and uh, psilocybin uh, are being, no coincidence, pushed to the kind of forefront of herbal medicine. But I also think that it's kind of coincidental that, uh, you know, we have this lovely plant cannabis and then, you know, we have the, the awesome mushroom cultivation coming right behind it, which I kind of think that the, the, the clumsy, the super clumsiness practice that is needed with the mushroom cultivation is just going to sway a nice, easy path for tissue cultivation for, you know, that same grower. It's just going to be an easy transition from, you know, uh, the clumsiness mushroom uh room you know what i mean that that same habit of keeping everything super sterile you know what i mean uh will help ease that same person into tissue culture at that point it'll just be change pace you're you muted brother my bad i keep forgetting now i know how you guys do that all the time huh yeah, fucking uh, that that would be like the perfect dude to do the tissue culture would be the mushroom guy, you know what I mean? For sure. Like uh 
I've that's what's kind of like stopped me from doing it in the past is like the fact that like they always talk about like you need like a flow hood and and all that type of stuff. Um, like uh, my dad, he's an engineer, right, and uh, owns a machine shop. Uh, I work for him now, but he uh, what's it called? Uh, he's had like a clean room always, like uh, where they assemble like optics and stuff, right? Like where you can't like get dust into them and like you have to change out, put the booties on and like you go under those flow hoods. And so like, I always had like this, like, uh, understanding that that's like what you would have to go through to like grow mushrooms, you know? But like at free seed day, I was talking to some people and like, I think that's like super helpful and like probably like, uh, would probably give you a lot more success to have one of those, you know, but I was talking to this guy and he was telling me like necessarily like there's ways to do it without that. You know what I mean? And, uh, he was telling me that like he doesn't even do it sterile like that he just uh like inoculates the blocks and like watches the fungus colonize and he says like by the color and stuff like you can usually like if you know what a good inoculation and good colonization looks like like you'll know a good one and if you get one that's contaminated just throw the block away you know and, and use the good ones you know but i don't know anything about it at all like i've never at all tried it but i was this uh talking to him and that like gave me a little bit of hope where I was like, man, I'm going to start looking into this again and see, see what all go like, you know, if there's a way I can maybe like just, you know, even just buy a bag or something just to try it out and see what it's all about, you know? I hope you do, man. I hope you really do. They are making it easier and easier. You know, some of these kids, uh, that are putting out easy kids, you know, it's not say in here in Michigan, you've got a uh, Detroit nutrient companies putting together a nice, easy uh, kid to do, you know, basically just inoculate that and fucking let her go. <laughs> that bag oh, yeah. he's got there, too yeah, yeah, easy. So, hell yeah, 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 they, I they, heard they, about they, that. <laughs> They definitely have a place. More and more people should utilize, I think. Yeah, for sure. Do you grow any of those, uh, like even the edible ones or anything? Like turkey tails or any of that? I do not. No? I do yeah. Not. Yeah, for sure. I want to try it too, yeah. I, I think I will, but oh shit, I'm running out of battery. I, I almost cheated uh, last year uh with like some of the mushroom bags you can get from like Walmart, you know what I mean? You could get some edible bags here from Walmart, I think five, seven, seven to $10, some shit like that. And you just basically soak them and let, they just take off on their own and you harvest and chuck oh, the block. That'd be tight. Yeah. That sounds perfect for me too, man. Uh, that'd probably be a good, like, like you're saying, that's a good starting spot for sure. You know, I think that would be a, hell yeah, dude. No, I have to look into those, man. I might have to get the hookup for those uh, from you, man. Walmart. Walmart, Walmart. is where okay. they, yeah, they, Walmart, uh, this time hell of year, yeah, okay. carries a bunch of that shit. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to look into that shit for sure. Okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's, that's the next frontier for sure. And, like, you don't really even need much space or anything to do those. You can pretty much just find, like, a little corner, I think, man. And that's, like, the beauty of them. A little fluorescent light and corner and stuff probably be all right. 
Heck yeah, they were table uh, countertop. That was countertop mushroom growing right there. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? Windowsill or something, huh? Shit. No, at some point maybe I will dip my hand into uh, that type of cultivation, but not right now. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like a whole nother. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, man. It's like a whole nother thing that would set up a whole little area and like yeah you kind of have to really be dedicated and the like yeah growing weed takes a lot of my time right now dude with a full job and then doing the shit i'm doing man it's like kind of a lot of work so and a newborn oh i forgot yeah a newborn son too so that's like full plate you know but it's good in a way dude like everything you know things aren't really like good or bad you know just things are and like a lot of times we get hung up on like thinking things are bad but like really it's like just a setup for something later on you know and like uh yeah i think just being busy is like another blessing for me dude like uh everything the whole the whole situation like you said man i mean everything i'm a like very firm believer that everything in our lives happens to us for like a very specific reason and that like it's all here for us to learn lessons and that like, you know, we learn those lessons that we don't have to repeat this stuff over and over again. But like, you know, if you just keep doing the same shit, you're going to get the same results, you know? And so it's like, uh, like you say, man, everything, everything is happening to us for a reason, like for all of us, you know? And if you can kind of like wrap your mind around that and not get so hung up on like, something bad or something's good and just accept it for what it is and realize that it's like <clears throat> most of it's out of your control anyways, you know? So it's like just, uh, you know, the universe has a plan for all of us, you know, and, and everything, everything. I mean, the more you go looking in the microscope, everything works uh, a specific way, you know what I mean? For a reason. And it's like, it's all according to a plan, you know, it all seems to be according to a plan, you know, everything has a rhyme and reason to it. So it's like it only goes to to you know, reason that uh, our lives would be the same as everything else having a reason and a right, you know, reason for it. So for sure, I think that's for sure true. You know. So another thing I'd like to ask you about, and again, you know, just from your story tonight. Um, I really feel that uh, cultivation side of cannabis is like super, super huge, you know, and especially when you're you're looking at it as a medicine. I think that's, you know, it's huge. That side of it is huge. I, I think it's very underrated. You know what I mean? The, the flower, the dads, the edibles, yeah, that shit gets a lot of credit. The RSO, the full spectrum oil, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I think really flat out, the more medicinal side of the plant is the plant cultivation side of things. And I've always, I've kind of really talked about a lot lately. I would think it to be super cool to um, have a non, non-profit like a recovery or um yeah basically like a rehab <laughs> you know cultivation center to where people that were dealing with either anxiety or recovering addicts or even 
uh, people returning from war or incarceration could find yeah, a little comfort or transition in through the cannabis plant, the cultivation side of things. Because uh, as you do cultivate, man, you, de- you genuinely uh, grow as a person. As that plant, as you start to cultivate and grow that plant, you tend to grow as a person in so many positive ways. Uh, could you agree with that at all? Oh, no, for sure. Like, uh, I, I absolutely do. Like, um, <clears throat> I think, like, if you did that, you probably, like, for the right type of person, like, I think that really is the answer, you know? Um, it, it just depends, like, what you're into, you know? Like, uh, and, like, a lot of those programs, like, they preach, like, <clears throat> that everything else is a drug, you know? Caffeine's a drug, THC is a drug, you know? Anything that alters your perceptions a drug, you know? And, like, uh, I mean, everybody's situation is unique and different to them, you know, like, uh, but for me, like personally, like I couldn't do it stone cold sober. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, like, there's no possible way, you know, like, uh, for me, I I just had to like, I had to want it bad enough to like, look for an answer, you know, and, uh, like to be serious about what I was looking for and like, uh, not half-ass it, you know, because always I'd half-ass it in the past, you know? And like, for me, like I really turned a corner when I started growing weed, like, and it wasn't like, it didn't happen all at once to me, you know, like, uh, I was growing and then like, I started thinking about the other stuff I was doing, but like, and then like slowly it became into like where I started taking action, you know, but like, for me, like, uh, I always grew up around people growing weed and there was always like an abundance of weed in a way, you know, like, I mean, it's not that we always had a bunch of it, but it was always available if you had money or, you know, or whatever you could get it. And, uh, for me, it was like something different for me before I started growing it. Like it was like a product, a substance, like a thing, you know, it was a thing more than like a living, breathing, like being you know and like once i started like cultivating growing like i started playing with the plan i started watching the plan as it would respond to things i do if i don't water it it'll wilt if i you know and it's like uh it was like another living thing that like was depending on me and that like like you're saying like uh there's so many like aspects to it. Like, you know what I mean? We could go on like all night, you know, but then like, uh, but then when you like consume like the flower that you grew like yourself and you like put a seed in the ground and you watched like a plant come out of it and then the plant like flowers and it makes these fucking buds and like these buds get you high and like everybody's been telling you your whole life that like this is wrong dude and you're like how is it possible that this is wrong like all i did was put a seed in the ground and the earth gave me this plant and i used it and any way i use it it gets me high if i eat it or if i smoke it and you're gonna tell me that that's wrong like i don't believe you like i i disagree with that you know and that was the point where like okay like pills and and drinking and other drugs like those were wrong, you know, like those were like man made those and they did something outside of nature. But like for me, when I grew that plant, dude, and I saw that come out of the earth and I didn't do anything to it and it like 
at that point, like no one could tell me that getting high on weed was wrong. Like there was no one that could tell me that. And like, whenever I did AA, that was always a disagreement and I never wanted to hide it. And that's why I always went to prison. Cause I was always like pretty open with my cannabis use, you know, and <clears throat> what I did for a living always, I could smoke, you know? And so I smoked and I smoked in my car. I smoked when I got to work. I smoked when I got home. And like that replaced my other addiction to the point where like, I stopped really thinking about all that other bullshit, you know? And like, it was, it was medicinal for me, like in so many different ways, you know, like emotionally, mentally, physically, dude, every aspect of me, like related with this plant that I was like sitting down and communing with every day, multiple times a day, like I was, I was meditating, I was commuting. I was doing all these things that they preach to do and all these programs, you know, but I wasn't doing it because they told me to do it. I was just following, like, I was letting the plant lead me at that point. You know what I mean? Cause I was, she was growing me in a way, you know, like uh, I wasn't really growing her. Like at first, you know, I put the seed in the ground and then she kind of just grew me like a little bit, you know? And like, I just still to this day, like, uh, I didn't pick that, like, I'm going to start working like this hour. Like I didn't pick that, you know, like, uh, I didn't ask for that cut, you know, like that's the cut that I got passed because that's the cut I got passed. Cause that's what was here. And like, but it's not just because of that, you know, like that cut picked me, you know, and like this plant picks people that keep her safe. You know what I mean? Like uh, these cuts that find their way to you, like, uh, we don't know, we don't know about these plants, dude, but like, uh, they respond to me, dude. My plants respond to me, dude. And I get to know my plants and my plants have a presence in the room, man. And my plants are, you know, like the special ones I know, dude. And like, I get to know them and they, they have a little personality and they like act a certain way. And like, uh, and so like, if you listen, like, uh, she talks to you, you know, like you have to sit there and like smoke a joint and just kind of chill. And like, you'll get a thought in your head, you know, and that's like, uh, <clears throat> that's a direction, you know? And if you're, if you, you know, like, uh, Bodie always talks about magic, man. And I, I like that shit, man, because magic's always been like the shit that we don't understand, you know? And like, uh, I love that about the fucking cannabis plant, man. I love that we haven't been able to study it, man, because like, she's still kind of magic, bro. Like, uh, you can't no one can say they know everything about her because we haven't been able to study her, so we don't we don't really know and like I think that's beautiful dude like because the more we take shit away and 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 separate shit like it fucks it up dude it fucks it up like we we can't do it dude like the plant the plant is doing something and like the only way to do it is to sit there and to commune with the plant and to do it daily dude and <clears throat> that's how you build a relationship with anything you know like I mean, I'm not religious in the way I grow, like, as far as, like, these these organic people, like, I like growing organic, dude, I, I do it outside, you know, I don't do it inside, I just don't, I mean, I do kind of a synganic thing, and I, I inoculate my shit with microbes, and I, and I, but I grow in cocoa inside, you know, but, like, my whole thing is, like, I'm not religious salt grower, I'm not a religious, I, but what I am religious is towards the plant, man, like, as far as this plant, like, I, I do have a relationship like you would like religiously, like with the deity, with this plant, like I sit down and I talk to her, like if you're praying to a God and I, I like, 
commune with this plant and and i grow this plant and this plant like teaches me things and i learn lessons through this plant i meet people through this plant my friends i've met through this plant like i work a job i work because i need a paycheck because i have a family and i have to be responsible you know and that's the direction that this plant's led me to be in as well you know and like for me that's i'm good with that you know like uh and and my girl will get mad at me because she gets all like emotional and gets mad, you know, and she'll tell me, man, you're just fucking high all the time. You don't care, you know, and, and it's not that, dude. It's just like I've developed in this life, like uh, wherever I am, I'm fine with where I'm at because it doesn't matter where I am. You can put me anywhere and you can put me in a box, man. I don't care. I'm going to start scratching on the floor. I'm going to get out of there in my head because I've learned to do that, you know. And, and it doesn't matter what situation I'm at out here, you know, like, uh, I, uh, she could be yelling at me, whatever. Like I have that ability in my head where I can just, you know, and cannabis really helps, helps me with that ability to like, just go somewhere else, man. Like I can smoke a joint and that, that's what I like. I like to get high, smoke a joint, turn my phone off, man, you know, just sit here and just smoke and just like really experience life, dude, because for so many years, I couldn't like experience it, you know, and I couldn't smell like the fresh air and I couldn't feel the wind, you know, and I couldn't like, just all these things, man, like I couldn't feel the sun on my skin. And just like, just to take all that stuff in, man, like, that's truly a meditation, you know, and that's truly like, like such a benefit, man, that like, if you didn't smoke weed, you wouldn't take that time to sit there and do that. dude. like people don't do that. Like the people around me that don't smoke weed don't do that, man. And I see their hair falling out. I see them stressed out, dude. I see all this fucked up shit where I'm like, please just smoke this shit, man. Like I give weed away to anybody, man, because I don't sell weed, man. So like, you want to smoke weed? I have weed, man. Here, come on, smoke this. Try this. Here, you want to? And like, man, the people that do this, man, like we're healthier for that, you know? And I don't get sick a lot. I don't, you know, and I'm not like the healthiest dude. I've had a hard life. I smoke cigarettes and, and, uh, mentally i'm good though you know what i mean and and mentally i'm always going to be good like no matter what like there and that that's the strength that i gained from my situation and that's the strength that's like super like this plant can give to anyone dude you know what i mean it gives you that ability to like just to be fine anywhere you are dude because you're self-sufficient man if you can grow weed you don't have to depend on anyone like you could you could get dropped in anywhere in the world you know grow your weed and grow your food. And, you know, you've learned, like you're saying, like it's an introduction to gardening. I mean, you know, I grow little chilies and stuff, but like, dude, if I had to, I could grow my food now, you know, like I'm confident I could do that because I know I could grow weed. And so I know I could like survive. And it gives me that like self-sufficiency where like, I don't have to protect, uh, I don't have to depend on a weed man. I don't have to depend on, you know, anyone necessarily, you know, and like it's, she's taught me elect, electric, like I'm not an electrician, but I can do some basic electrical work. You know what I mean? Um, I can do some basic framing and I'm not a construction dude, but I built rooms, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, it's not that the plan itself has taught me that, but by me going with the flow and like, okay, it's what I have to do to make my shit happen. And you learn these things and you learn it, you know, by you gain experience, you know, and she's given me a lot of beautiful experiences with like a lot of people and a lot of stuff. So yeah, I think that's, you know, pretty cool. Damn brother. You know, that's all I can say is that your life, your life journey, your experience speaks by it. It really does. 
and you know you 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 painted a nice picture of uh what i what I, exactly what i was talking about through the rehab process there you know i have lost so many people to pharmaceutical drugs the pharmaceutical side of things opiates and shit like that and you know part of the part of the fucking addiction cycle is losing respect for yourself all right you get your head gets fucking fucked up and foggy and you just kind of lose respect for yourself and the surroundings and you just drowns yourself into the medicine and um so what i see in the recipe for the rehab and the the cannabis side of things is exactly what you're talking about brother is i've seen a lot of people recover from the opiates through rso you know weaning weaning through the process of well the weaning off process with rso and then i think the recipe is kind of like what you're saying there is through the cultivation side of things learning how to respect the plant and the medicine that helped you you know help yourself and then through that in through that process of learning to respect the plant and the medicine you learn through that process to re respect yourself again you know what i mean in that in it's constantly learning process you know as you as you well very well stated by the way uh it never ending you know what I mean? You're slowly teaching and bettering yourself through that process. So cheers to you, my friend, for, uh, you know, picking it up and being wise enough to find your way, man. Cheers. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And and uh, I think, like, the, the most important part of all of it, like you said right there at the very end, was, like, uh, that, like... Uh, what I'm realizing now, like at this point that I'm at, right. Cause like <clears throat> I have some like clean time or whatever be under my belt or whatever. And like, you know, I have my family and like, you know, all this stuff. Right. But like, I'm like one bad decision away from like, just going right back to what I was doing. You know, I mean, it's like one, one fucked up decision, you know, one bad move, one, one, whatever. Right. And so what I realize is like, uh, it's really important for me to like, to help people, you know, like, and, uh, like not to put myself in like a bad situation or anything, but like to go out of my way to like help people like that, uh, that I can relate to. Right. Like that, uh, that like, uh, I can see myself when I was down and out. Right. Like, Oh man, you know, like I, I remember when I was like that. Right. And like, I go out of my way nowadays, like, uh, period like if i see someone that like i relate to that's in like a tough spot like man I'll, I'll move mountains for people like at times you know what i mean and like i do it for them you know like i do but like a lot of it like it's a real thing about like and that's like me having to sit in all those meetings like man it sucked dude you know like but like i always say like you know how everything happens for a reason right and like those stupid ass sayings, man, that they used to say, like, if I got anything out of those meetings, like a lot of those sayings were kind of good, you know? And like, uh, that one about like that, Bud kilowatt always talks about and all that, like, you got to give it away to keep it, you know? And like, uh, that's a real thing, man. Like, uh, like by me, by me doing that, you know, like, uh, 
like for what it, for what it does for me is like I sit down and I talk to these people that are like in the same position that I was in when I was down and out and, and doing bad and all that right and uh when I hear about their problems and I help them or I give them a little money or I buy them some food or give them a ride or whatever I do, you know, like, uh, like, uh, it reminds me of where I came from, dude. Like, you know, like it reminds me of like, man, you could be right there, dude. All you got to do, just pick that shit up again, man. You know what I mean? You like that truck you're driving around in, you like that house you live in, you like all your plants. Well, I mean, like you can, you could be right where this dude's at. You know what I mean? It doesn't take, I mean, it'll take a while now that I built all this, you know, last time, you know, but I'll lose it all, dude. And I lose it all every time I do that shit. And I, and if I, if I don't remind myself consistently by like helping other people, dude, going out of my way to like, to, to, you know, to spread what I've been given and to share it with other people, because it's a gift for me, you know, like, uh, 90% of my friends are dead, dude. And, and I couldn't tell you like, I've overdosed countless times, dude. You know what I mean? And there was a time I was dead for three minutes, dude. They had to bring me back. I had burns on my chest from the freaking uh, paddles, you know? And uh, I'm here for a reason, man. That's why I got a cat, black cat tattooed on my throat because I got nine lives and I always land on my feet, you know? But, uh, uh, man, I I've, uh, I overdosed a lot. And and all my friends, they, they did and they didn't come back, you know? And uh, I, I, that's not to say anything except for the fact that, that I'm here for a reason and that uh, – you have to, you have to take this as a gift, you know, like, uh, you didn't do anything of merit to be given this gift of life. You know what I mean? It was just bestowed on all of us, you know, like, uh, we did nothing to deserve this, you know, like we're just given this beautiful gift to experience these things, you know, these beautiful things, you know, and cannabis enhances this whole world around us, dude. Everything's enhanced because it slows you down enough to like where you can enjoy it, you know? And like, if you don't give those blessings back, it's so easy to forget where you came from and like act like you're better than that. Like you got to associate, you can't like, you got to rub elbows with everybody still. And you, you can't act like you're not, you know, you're still that dude, you know, you just haven't, you just haven't had a drink or done drugs for a couple of years, but you're still that same dude. Like he is, you know, just cause he's doing it currently, you know? So like uh, what you said there was really like uh something that I want to make sure that, that we throw in there to that whole discussion, because that's the capper on the whole thing. You can do all that other shit and throw it all away by forgetting where you came from, dude. And just like, by not acknowledging other people that are in that position and thinking you're better than them or that, you know, you're, you've grown out of that. You're not an addict anymore. You're not that, you know, because I still have an addictive personality, man. I smoke weed like a dope weed. You know, I, I drink coffee. I smoke cigarettes. I, you know, but, uh, I, I channel that addictive stuff into like growing weed, making seeds, just being obsessed with YouTube. You know, it's a positive, like I said, nothing's good or bad, you know? So this obsessive nature, you can use it for good or for bad, you know? You can obsess over drugs or you can obsess over something positive, you know? And so like me turning that around, but I, I did want to throw that in there because I think that's important that people know that like uh, if, you've, if you've come back from something like that or whatever, like, uh, and you don't want to go out of your way to pull over to help somebody out or you don't want to get robbed or something man like you know i mean use your best judgment but like help people man I, I, you know uh i would say that that's important man i have to 100 percent agree 
um, I had to. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> I hope they're not. Get yourself in trouble. This is, this is gonna stay. So I had that happen very much today about you know you you kind of reading the situation but wanting helping. Okay. So oddly enough, for those of you who watch the show, um we may remember like a few months ago, uh a weird lady kind of showed up. I had her on camera too, kind of dressed in like a, a Santa, like an L suit or whatever, and came from nowhere. Suddenly, we we said she kind of came from nowhere, and uh, we thought it was a little weird. Those who answered the door didn't decide. And kind of help or didn't offer the light that it was offered. I wasn't here. And uh, so today, fast forward today, knock on the door, it gets answered. Fucking, uh, they look at, they, you know, the daughter, just leave it nameless. <laughs> the daughter uh, answers the door and sees the person out there and says, uh, someone out there, lady out there, good looking, says she needs a ride. Somebody else goes to the door, looks out, They want to ride. I fucking daughter looks at me and says, "She got, she's, she's the some strange lady out there. She's got shit all on her arms, you know." And I, I look out there and it's you know an older lady, and she's got ink on her arms. You know, it's writing, some other stuff, you know. It kind of reminded me of somebody that had been in a bad place and maybe possibly just, you know, ink therapy. Maybe possibly, it looked possibly self-inflicted, self-done. Nonetheless, I opened the door. I'm like, can I help you? She says, yeah. Oh, is there any way you could give me a give me a ride up the road? Uh, I just need a ride up to you know XX crossroads, and uh, I got a heart condition. You know, I'm like hell yeah, hold on, be right out. You know what I mean? I grab my keys and uh, jump in the truck give her a ride up the road about a mile and a half maybe two miles i can understand the reason why she had to get there fucking that's the that's the county line obviously needing she said 
catch a bus there, public transport, you know, take it. Probably had an errand in the next county that this county wouldn't have picked her up at the house. You know what I'm saying? So I drop her off and uh, I come back to the house, which, by the way, no small caveat to the story. As I get back to the house, there's a couple of checks that I wasn't expecting on the table, too, which I kind of thought was a small payment for a good brand of Mac from Kindness. But I get back and uh, I come in the house and discuss negativity. Can't believe you give me people rides, blah, 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 this, that. Negativity. Didn't you see the shit on your arms? Da, 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 da. Blue, blue, blue. And I'm like, you know what? She needed help. She had a fucking, she said she had a fucking heart condition. I wouldn't want to fucking make somebody. I wouldn't if I, you know, some people, they're afraid to ask for help. You know what I mean? So I appreciate the fact that she did. And that's somebody's so, mother. You know? And then they came down to the, the, the writing thing. And I took that in and I kind of, yeah, I took that in and I says, you know what? Look at me. Look at me. I'm covered. You know, somebody could look at me fucking, I'm from my toes to my hips, my arms. And, you know, I've got a fair amount of ink. I would hate for somebody to push me aside or not help me, judge me like that in a time of need or else asking for help. You know what I mean? And I just turned around and walked away and kind of pretty much disgust, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, it's sad that, some you know, there's times when people, you know, do not want to help because they read into, you know, a book or, you know, something that they wouldn't need normally help. You know what I mean? People need help. You know, you can't judge a book by a cover 90% of the time. You know, the tattoos, as far as that goes, I heard you kind of mention discrimination as far as, like, the ink goes. And I think that's kind of, especially as for somebody that's inked. You know, I look at that as most of us have beautiful illustrated covers you know why wouldn't you open that book you know what i mean so many people run from it why not open that book and hear amazing stories like you've told tonight you know what i mean you know yeah it's, dude, it's I mean, their you never loss 90 percent hey. of the time 100 percent of the know. time i mean yeah and and a lot i mean dude some of the most interesting stories you ever hear come from people that look like me, you know, like that have been around, around the block and, and a lot of the, the men like in prison, you hear a lot of cool stories, you know, I mean, probably like only like 10% of them are true, but I mean, they're still uh, interesting, you know? And, and I mean, like with that situation, like, you know, that's unfortunate, you know, like the good thing is, is like uh, the lady got a ride and she got a ride because there was like, that one person, you know, that was willing to like, uh, look past the cover of the book. Right. And like the fact that, uh, that you were that person, like not to pat yourself on the back, but like 
there has to be that one person in every crowd or that lady doesn't get a ride. You know what I mean? And there really only needs to be one person out of that crowd because the lady only needed one ride. You know, she didn't need everybody to give her a ride. And, you know, besides that, I mean, you set an example, which like that plants that seed, you know, it's not like you're not going to change that lady's opinion and you may never, ever change her opinion. But maybe the person she was with, like, doesn't necessarily feel the same way, but didn't want to speak up, you know, and she saw you do that. And she's like, man, Eagle did that. Like, you know what? Uh, maybe that's maybe I'll do that for somebody that like a girl that I need, you know, that I feel like I can trust, not pick up a dude, but you know, like maybe she'll do it on a smaller scale or something, or, you know, she won't be so, but by setting that example, like I see that with me a lot, you know, like uh, people, because I'm not scared of like getting robbed or like anyone. And I think a lot of that comes down to the way I look and, you know, whatever the way I carry myself, but nobody really messed with me too much. So I don't have like a lot of fear when it comes to that, like, unless it's not, you know, but for the most part, I don't. And, and like, uh, that sets a really good example, like for people and like, you know, especially like my wife, man, like would never be into that type of thing, but see me over time, like constantly doing that, like she's more open to that. Like she's not going to necessarily do it because she doesn't feel safe or whatever but she's not going to tell me not to do it no more. You know what I mean? And so that's like a little bit of growth, you know? And like, so that, that to me, like comes down to like, we're not in control of other people or anything outside of us. So like you did the right thing because you're in control of yourself and you were there and you did it. And, you know, like I said, we only needed one ride and you're the one. So you got it done and you set an example, you know? So like, I don't know. I feel like, like, you know, you got rewarded, you got those checks, you know, or whatever, but you got rewarded in the fact that like you, you have that, that presence of mind, that lady got there and that she's all right, because you know, what reason does she have to lie to you about a heart condition or whatever? Like you took her, you know, she probably really did, you know, like, or she needed it bad enough to ask a stranger, you know what I mean? And you got to say like, that takes some balls, dude, to walk up to some bald headed, like big old dude, you know, and be like, Hey man, I, I need a ride. Like, that takes some guts. Like you must've really needed that ride for something, you know what I mean? And like, uh, it's not your job to like figure out why she needs it or anything, you know, or she needs drugs or not. I mean, the whole thing is, is like, you know, you didn't give her money or nothing like, you know? So, uh, I think that, uh, for me, that's what I do, you know? And I set that example that you set, dude. And I, I support that. And I think that's pretty freaking cool that, that you stepped up and did that dude. And like you said, like, things are a trade-off and you get rewarded for things like that. And like you said, you got rewarded. Okay. You got some cool stories tonight. Right. And, and, uh, you're going to be more apt to like the next guy that maybe looks like, uh, cause I don't look like the normal weed guy. You know what I mean? I don't look like the normal weed grower. Uh, I mean, I'm a total nerd. My girl tells me that all the time, you know, but uh, looking at me, like, uh, I don't look like a nerd, you know, but I am, I am like a major nerd, but I'm just saying like, you'd never know that until you talk to me, you know? And that's because like, you know, I lived a couple of small lives in this lifetime, I guess, you know what I mean? But like, it's different now, but you know, I can't, I wouldn't want to erase this stuff, you know? And, and for me, it's like a filter, you know, like the people that aren't worth my time, like they don't talk to me and they don't even bother me. And they just walk right past and they walk the other side of the street and take their kids with them. And, you know, but the people that are willing to give me a chance are usually like the real people. And like, I've found like, it kind of weeds out like a little bit of the bullshit, you know? So like, 
and and like I said, I mean, it's not in my control anymore, anyways. But you know, like I I, I don't mind it, you know. But uh, I think that that's another message that you know we could tell people again, you know, like we're in this culture of like you know, like you can identify as what you want to identify and don't judge people. Well, I mean, like you know, like the same way you wouldn't judge someone for the color of their skin, you know, you wouldn't want to judge them for the color in their skin, right? Like that type of thing, you know. But yeah, I mean, just people that look different from what you're used to, you know, like, uh, if, if you're in an area and someone, you know, I just think that, uh, not necessarily go out of your way and help, help like, you know, weird, crazy people and get yourself hurt or anything, but like, you know, talk to somebody, man, and find out what's going on with them. And just, you know, you might hear, man, I hear some interesting, but I talk to everybody. I talk to homeless people and everything, man. Cause I, I man, everybody's got a story, man. And, and a lot of them like, man, sometimes you could buy a dude a beer on the street, man. And for like a $3 beer, man, you'll get a story. Like you wouldn't believe, man, if you got 15 minutes to kill or something, man, I'll do it, man. I do it all the time, man. Oh, you want a beer? I'll buy one, man. Smoke a joint. Listen to this guy just talk about, you know, the craziest shit, man. And some of it, sometimes, you know, it's really interesting, man. Sometimes you run into a good one, you know, and it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's the hunt for me, you know, but I, I like that shit too, you know, but yeah, it, I, you know, I think that's, that's a good thing, man. Don't, don't ever judge a book by its cover, man. You know? We're almost there, huh? Almost to 420. You're muted, bro. Getting there, 320 here. Oh, anyway. shit, 320. Oh, shit. I thought it was four hours, but it's three hours on. Okay. Must be. It says 1230 on my 1215. That's weird. Anyways, 320. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of a little funny that you've kind of said, you know, just a little bit. You never learn. You never know what you're going to learn by talking to somebody that very same person it was very coincidental that uh i did we did talk a little bit on the way down there and the information that uh, she did have for me was super informative super informative <laughs> and then you know what's even funnier about that is you know um so I found out that, you know, the person that I'm dealing with, you know, uh, for the house, I kind of found out is like, it's more widespread than me. You know, there's other folks in the neighborhood that's being squeezed by the same gentleman. And I found out that in one case that, uh, yeah, shady shit. But anyways, it was confirmation. You know what I mean? I knew in my soul, you know, there was something amiss here. And it that was like some good confirmation that I was, you know, spot on. And then as as we dropped, as I dropped off her there at the corner, uh, we just kind of she she mentioned something about karma. And I looked up at her and I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in karma. I really hope this gentleman, you know, kind of comes around on him uh, in the end. And it, then again, it was weird. That's why I thought that the fact that the, there was a little gift horse on there 
you know, at the end there. Because there was that that mention of karma at the end there. And I kind of get home and I'm like, sure shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure as shit. Sure. Funny how that works. You know what yeah. I mean? Funny how that works. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And like that instant karma type of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's like, yeah, you can wish it on somebody, but like, you don't even have to wish it on them. You know what I mean? And it's like, it always comes like at the worst time, like, cause I can speak from experience, like being someone that built up like bad karma and like, man, yeah. Just like at the worst time, like, Oh, it's time to pay the piper. You know what I mean? Like, wait, uh, uh, eat, uh, you know, and fuck, man, like that's, that's a, uh, it's yeah. Like, uh, and me knowing that, like, that's why like, man, this shit happens to me. And like, you know, I mean, I can't act like it doesn't upset me at times, you know what I mean? But I tend to get over things like a lot quicker now, like just knowing from being on the other side of that, like, like uh, everybody pays the piper, like it doesn't matter. Like, uh, and it may, you may not like see it happen to them or like get that satisfaction, you know, that might not be like for you to get, you know, but like just know in your heart that like, you know, good things happen, you know, people get what you reap what you sow, you know, people get what they got coming to them. And like, and that's real, you know, like nobody escapes that. Like, and, and it just goes to show, like, even like, it might not be that, you know, they might just get busted in a sting. Like, uh, like I did, like I got busted. Shit wasn't even mine. And, and, uh, I'm like, well, this must be for like the shit I did previous that, you know what I mean? Like I never had to pay for before. That's the only way I could like justify it, you know? So it's like, <clears throat> yeah, people always, yeah, you get, you reap what you sell, you know? And, and it, but the cool thing is, is that it, it works like the opposite, exactly the same, like, you know, cause karma is like both sides, you know what I mean? It's, it's bad and as good, the opposite. So yeah, you do it, flip it around and it goes the other way too, you know? I think that part's pretty cool. <laughs> That's what I'm gliding on now, you know? Yeah, I, I I agree 100%. It can definitely work both ways. Uh, definitely. And it kind of goes both ways uh, with uh, something else you kind of spoke of earlier as uh, manifestation. Manifestation, there we go, without the, the dry mouth slur. Is, <laughs> uh, you know, it do, that could work both ways, too. And basically, once you kind of figure out, you know, karma and that works, applies to, you know, manifestation side of things, too, man. You quickly, very quickly become uh, very choosy on what you think about, what you take in, you know what I mean, uh, at that point. Oh, like, yeah, big time. So, uh Okay, so how that relates. Okay, so when I was in prison, I read that book, The Secret, right? And uh, it, you being into this manifesting thing, I'm sure you've read that book too, right? Uh, so uh, that's a really good book, right? Uh, but uh, I had a hard time like putting it fully into practice because it's like a full like commitment, like lifelong thing, you know what I mean? And uh, so I started like kind of small, like you're saying, you know, and uh, like every little thing, like you start, you know, start thinking like, okay, so like self-talk and like, you know, 
like, oh, you dummy, or, you know, you're really manifesting that, like, you really become a dummy, you start calling yourself that, or, or whatever you want to say, you know, but like, uh, so like, with my son, like, man, I don't say no negative, like, uh, man, if he messes up, like, nothing, I just try to teach him and correct him. But I don't say no negative shit, because I don't put no Nate, like, because you manifest that. I saw a little meme on the internet and it was pretty cool. Like uh, just like in the fact like it was a bunch of like pots of plants and it had like love and hate and peace and war and like all this different shit like that. And like, it's like uh, whatever you water will grow, you know? And like, for me, that's like, it fits into that manifesting thing, right? Like just in the fact that whatever it is you feed in your life and whatever you focus on, like you could do, dude, you could do anything in this world that you want, like, you have to see yourself doing it, but like, if you know, like literally anything that you're really to, willing to commit and put it all in line for and like, you could do it, dude, you know what I mean? And, uh, and all it takes is like, act as if you're already that in a way, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a part of it that's like doing the work and then the part of it, uh, like being diligent, but yeah, I mean, for sure, like you can create those opportunities for yourself and like what's interesting to me is like the more that I started to do that and it talks about that in that book too is like it becomes a kind of addicting in a way like because like uh for me once I started to really get it like the hardest part was just setting the goals you know like what do I really want you know because like okay I can manifest anything but what do I really want like that's like a really big question in life like what do you like really want in your life like you can pick you know but you got to pick the you know, right thing. So it's like uh, setting, setting like real goals for like, what do you actually want your life to look like? You know, like even when you asked me that, like, I'm kind of like, oh, I still feel young, you know, probably because I've been gone for sitting on the shelf for a couple of years or whatever. But uh, it, it, the time seems like it definitely goes by quicker. You know what I mean? And like, uh, there's a time it definitely felt unlimited. And, and now like, it's halfway done. And I mean, it was, you know, the hell of a ride. And uh, I have a feeling the second half would be a little bit like better, more chill. But, you know, I got all my experience down in the beginning half, which I, I do think was a good thing, you know, because I'm rock solid in like what I what I think about. But. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Oh, I think I lost it again. Where I was at. Yeah, life can be a funny uh, thing right there. Thank you for sure, man. Uh, Jim Rome, I fucking, I think at one of his speeches that I've listened to kind of put it in some really good realization, man. You know, you take life for granted until you put it in very realistic numbers. You know, as you kind of hinted to it, you know, we're, we're kind of duped into thinking endless, 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 you know, uh, but it's that's a, a crazy dream. That's a hat dream. You know what I mean? But when you think about it very realistically and put, put a number to it, you know what I mean? And accurately kind of think about it. It's sobering when you start thinking, you know, you know, average age, you know, if you're lucky, 80. You know what I mean? Current age, 35, right? Is that what Hello? I heard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like almost halfway so, there, right? 
Yeah, well, you start looking at it. Uh, you go fucking fishing maybe once a year or Christmas. That's four of them. You start thinking you got 45 left. You know what I mean? You start thinking yeah. about it if like that lucky. and counting them. If you're lucky, right? Yeah. You start to cherish them, them moments a little bit more. You know what yeah. I mean? Things start to have a little bit more weight. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and like, that's a beautiful thing. I think for sure. Like, like you're saying, because like, man, like even right now, like, man, there were so many things that I wanted to talk about and stuff, but like, I kind of blanked out, but like, you know, like, uh, when you're a kid, man, like, fuck dude, that, you know, I've been through some shit. I went through some crazy shit. I had a lot of fucking crazy stories, but I don't really, I wasn't paying a lot of attention when I was a kid, man. I was just like kind of going, you know? And and that's when like you know weed was like just like a commodity to me you know like uh, well but like it wasn't like i didn't have this relationship that i have with it now but like uh, that really applies to everything like you're saying and it's just like uh it's crazy dude like in all aspects of of our life like uh that's that's super like it's just a trip man like and just like like you're saying like you know and just whatever you want like if, if in life i mean uh, what do you want you know if for some people if it's money or whatever but uh like for me that's not really like what what i think is like important you know like but i am working on manifesting a house man that's my new thing i've like picture you know like picture like i'm sitting in the house like uh watching tv in my new house like uh that's how that's how they say to do it man i haven't gotten that extreme with it yet but like so far i mean uh i feel like i'm well on my way you know what i mean i've uh i man i wanted a boy i wanted a family i wanted a, all this shit man and i just like you know it all just was waiting for me pretty much when i got out you know like and i didn't plan it all it just was here because i had pictured myself with it and it was just the way i pictured it you know like man like my room's even like kind of like roughly like the way i kind of pictured like that i was going to set one up quick when i was in there you know so like it all kind of came true you know and so like uh it's encouraging because i know like that i could take it farther you know like i know i could i i really have to like like you really have to commit yourself to it like fully like you know and there may be more to it than just thinking about it but like you know you're gonna be willing to take those steps but that manifestation thing if like you guys haven't looked into that like that's an interesting thing that like uh your mind is so powerful you know like like we only use so such a small amount of it and like uh energy you know our mind controls this energy and stuff that the ego was talking about can't be created or destroyed you know it's just here and it's like uh you can direct that energy and focus it you know and like uh the sky's the limit man do whatever you want to do and it's just a crazy concept when you really like grasp at that like the only thing holding you back is your imagination like how far can you picture it like you tell yourself, oh, no, I can never do that. Or be, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I can make that happen. Like, and just do it, you know? And it's like, fuck, dude, you'd be shocked at what you can fucking do. I just, you know, just uh, having confidence that you can actually do it. You know, <laughs> I think that's a big thing, just having that confidence. You know, uh, one thing they leave out of that movie, and I think it's, 
I think it's the key to the secret. You know what I mean? Some of it, you know, I used to believe and I still believe is a huge part of it and why people necessarily can't make it work initially is I think they lack imagination and creativity. I think at some point in life, people kind of give up and just want to be told, you know what I mean? They lose the dream. They lose the ability to dream. And uh, so I think that's where a lot of people fall short. A. And the lust for life, man. Yeah, like you're burnt out, like that second half, you know. But the real secret to the key or the key itself, and I'm guilty of not applying this to the manifestation key, but when I do... I find it is the key is journaling that actually writing it down and uh, doing that daily, looking it over daily, keeping it fresh in the mind, keeping it, you know, kind of hard line. Uh, I find is another very essential key to that whole process. That That's a really good tip actually, man. I'm going to actually put that into practice because, that that seems like that would help you visualize it too because like you're saying like you're focusing on it you're putting it on a paper like you can start your visualization with the word and then like work your way from that you know because like i think a lot of like what you're saying too is like uh like yeah actually like the imagination and being able to like actually like uh really believe it you know like uh it's not just something like a pipe dream. Like when you say shit like that, like that's not having like the confidence, like you got to like kind of talk as if it's already like happened type of thing, you know? And like, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I mean, that's what I think has worked for me up to this point, you know, but uh, like act as if everything. Out of all the people, you know, I've looked to, to as like a mentor, or, you know, listen to their speeches and, you know, a, a very impactful way across the board. And I've talked about this in learning uh, how to grow. You know what I mean? When, you, when you're approaching anything in, in a naive sense, it's good to kind of take in as much information as you can and not, you know, prejudge the information. Take it all in, take your notes, lay them all out, see where that fucking information falls. You know what I mean? All those notes, you start putting them together. You're going to see all these things line up. You're going to, these are true. This is true. This is true. You know what I mean? So, you know, it all lines up here. Now here's a fucking nice playlist right here. You know what I mean? To kind of run from. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily utilize that. But what I've seen across the board in my, uh, like I said, taking in a, like a mentor, like speeches and stuff like that, across the board, what I found in that every one of them folks, Capojuro, every successful person that I've ever looked into in a, in a mentor type atmosphere, Kepo fucking journal. Underline everywhere. That was the line. <laughs> that was the line, the similarity right there in the success. Every one of them cats kept a fucking journal. 
you know what I mean? Of goals, aspirations, every one of them. Kept a fucking I, I think that's super interesting because, like, it's like a certain type of person. Like, I, I'm a list person too, you know? Like, uh, and I think it's like a linear type of thought process, you know what I mean? Like, because it, it is really helpful for me. Like, I, I make all kinds of lists for all different stuff because, like, uh, like you're saying, I, I think that way. And like, uh, it does help me like, uh, for sure, writing, writing stuff down, like, um, and I don't know if that's from spending time in prison like that or what, but I used to write a lot of letters, you know, and like, that's kind of like a lost art nowadays. Like you don't really write letters to nobody anymore, you know, but for me, like, uh, like, man, I can really express myself like on paper, uh, more so than even like, uh, like more so than like talking you know but like i think it's just because like i think that way linearly and it like gives me time to like think about what i'm going to say like uh like you know and uh before i say it stuff uh excuse me uh what's it called uh yeah dude no like the list i i think uh that's a good tip. But yeah, no, I think that that's interesting that all the people you looked up to like made lists because like it shows that that's like a successful like way to think about things, you know what I mean? Like real linearly and like one, two, three, you know what I mean? Like uh, just a one foot in front of the other type of like one step at a time type of thing, you know what I mean? It's like a thought, like a style of thought. Cause like, man, I know some people do not like write lists and don't do things that way either you know like real scatterbrain like all over the place type of thing you know not usually successful though right on right on so how we check it in my friend we are getting close yeah. to the 420 mark i, know, dude. I did did but... see that super that yawn there yeah dude, <laughs> yeah dude i get up early with the kid and stuff so yeah I, usually i don't make it to the end of your show man but uh no i think yeah i think i'm getting pretty uh pretty burnt pretty tired but uh yeah no i wanted to do this man so i could get on the weed nerd world man that's why i uh that's why i wanted to uh push for this uh show man so hopefully i get i'll get the invite now man Oh, for sure, for sure. The same Zoom link that I sent you today is your Zoom link for the Weed Nerd World. As he, as it is now, the, the Weed Nerd works, you come and go now, as you please, basically. Uh, so hopefully we will see you more often. I greatly, greatly appreciate your time coming, hanging out, man. I, like I said, man, your story, to me, spoke volumes on... Uh, what a great person you are. Uh, hell yeah, man. I, I would greatly appreciate it, man. For real. Thank you, bro. And, yeah, uh, no. I hope, I hope other people took some shit from your story as well. Man. So thank you very oh, much. Thank One you, other bro. thing I'd like to get from you before we go, and hopefully you know what that is as well. Oh, man. Is sound bite. That, yeah, the sound bite. Yeah, uh, yeah. I am ready. Oh, wait, hold on. I didn't right mean to now. do that. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, no. You're good. Wait. All right. All right. What, what episode are we, dude? 627. Okay. All right. This is Worm Dog. This is episode 627. I'm fucking talking shit with Eagle. Uh, yeah, man.
check out the show. Hell yeah, man. I greatly, greatly appreciate your time, man. Did you think we'd go this long? No, man. I didn't think I'd make it this long at all, dude. But I was like, man, I'm close to the end, man. I should just push it. But then, yeah, that yawn, man. I'm like, oh. But no, I, I'm proud of myself, man. I think I did good, man. I think I did good. Oh, man. You did super, man. You did super, man. Oh, cool. I greatly enjoyed it tonight. Uh, oh, man, yeah, I was no totally deep, nervous, man. bro. But yeah, no, cool. I'm glad, man. Hell yeah. All right, guys, with hey, that man. being said, thank you so much for your time. You want to give anybody some shout outs? Remind them one last time where they can find you, all that good oh, stuff. Oh, man, on Instagram, uh, on Instagram, Wormdog, uh, W-O-R-M-D-A-W-W-G. And that's it, man. Yeah, uh, no, no shout outs or nothing, man. I mean, just to everybody, you know, just keep it up and, and be good to each other, man. You know, that's that's what I would say, though. Be good to each other and be good to one another, man. And let's not beef and fight in this whole little industry, man. Salt versus the organic, stupid, man. It's all minerals, you know. But that's what I had to say. But yeah, anyways, but yeah, no. Oh, yeah, thank you, man. It was an honor to be on the show, man. Honor and privilege. I can't wait to see you guys soon. Oh, yeah. With that being said, don't forget, as we have said many times tonight, random acts of kindness do save lives. Don't be afraid to help somebody out. Good night, guys. 